On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we're going to talk about last week's Friday Night Smackdown, just a little bit about it, uh, and before we lead into our beer ratings from Extreme Rules, and we're also going to be talking the draft. Uh, we're, I guess, we're all a bunch of idiots and probably should have talked about it last week, but we're recording before Smackdown tonight, and then the show is going to come out after smackdown's already aired so we're going to talk about the draft and then probably look really dumb when we get everything wrong and i also finally updated the beer ratings database and i have a bunch of statistics about it some pretty good stuff lots of beers have been drank on this podcast and while watching pay-per-views since we started and it was quite astounding uh the numbers as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. You can uh, follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. We're going to have a great show for everyone today. You guys ready to go? Yep. Yep. Let's go. Welcome into episode 26 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan and obviously joined by Joe. Forgot to mention in the intro, joined by Chad once again. What is up, everyone? Jay chilling. We're all really fucking tired again. Joe and Chad both just woke up. Uh, Joe's on shift work still. I just got off of work, so I'm getting hammered. But... Start off with like the really only one big news piece from the week that I remember and wrote down. Rumors going around WWE is planning to do a big pay-per-view next year in the United Kingdom. Uh, the rumor first came out saying that they were going to run something in September. Uh, but then I heard that it's going to be probably SummerSlam. So I would assume August. Well, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of big, big pay-per-views. But if we're talking about biggest pay-per-views that have happened in other countries, Crown Jewel will outweigh SummerSlam every time. Yeah. We'll see about that, <laughs> especially this year. I, it, Crown Jewel is in, like, I think two and a half weeks. Did you guys know it's on a Thursday? Uh, no. Yeah, Thursday in October at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm a... I'm really excited to day drink for that because I, I will not be at work for that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of beers, in all honesty. No, it's always just a glorified house show. But uh, I, I'm really excited to at the possibility of having a UK or a pay-per-view in the UK. Those, those fans in the UK pretty much always go absolutely insane. 
And that's what makes a pay-per-view great is how good the crowd is. And they're almost guaranteed to be good. Hopefully we don't get a repeat of, uh, or a second episode of a plane ride from hell. I feel, I feel like everyone, like all the wrestlers now on the roster are pretty well behaved for the most part. Yeah. Except the only negative on this whole thing, I would say is that when I read the article, I expected to be some like huge venue, like Wembley or something like that. And they're saying it's going to be in like Cardiff soccer stadium in Wales, which is not as big as I'd hoped. That's only like a 78,000 seater. I was hoping like Wembley, you know, like 125,000 people, you know? I mean, you're getting all pissed. Like you're getting all pissy about a 78,000 seat arena. Like that's still pretty fucking big. Yeah. I just saw like the post for their announcement for the Royal Rumble and said it's their biggest expected crowd in however many years I, I wish i had brought more information of that but well they're doing it in st louis right so i would assume i mean you've got the cardinals the st louis cardinals stadium and then the only other one that i can think of is they're edward, doing it at the dome in they, america they're, center they're doing it at the edward jones dome where the rams used to play yep i would assume yeah i didn't think that one was that big but apparently it's it's a uh, it's 75,000 plus plus the floor yeah, it's pretty big, but I'm pretty sure it's old. So I don't know. Might have might have some like sewage leaks like there was at that Washington football team game in week one. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was disgusting looking. Yeah. Uh the only other only other thing I had was uh I finally updated the beer ratings database. So before we get into talking about last week's SmackDown. Uh so I, I hadn't updated it since we talked about Survivor Series 1997, just for just to go back on how, how far back I had to go in my notes to oh my find God. all these. Uh, so since we've started, we have reviewed 178 total matches, 25 pay-per-views, plus the Blood and Guts match. And we have drank a total of 381 and three quarters of a beer. I'm proud of that. That's a lot of beer. How does your liver survive? Well, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I've been drinking for a while. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably not going to live much longer. It, it's, it, honestly, it's probably not going to survive much longer if I keep up that. You're a true fan. So with that, I wanted to just kind of quiz you guys and see if you guys knew now that I've updated it, what the top 10 beer ratings matches were. I will say number 10 is a four-way tie. So if you say one of them, I'll, I'll, I'll count that. But if anyone has any guesses. Um, Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts is on there. Oh, I don't have these numbered. It's on there, though. It's eight. Uh, Blood and Guts is eighth with five and a half beers. That match we watched last week. Stone Cold versus uh, Dude Love. Love. That Dude is Love. seven with six beers. Hey, you, guys are, you, guys are, you guys are crushing it so far. Yeah, Royal Rumble 98, number two. 
obviously number one is the stadium stampede match from this year. Damn, dude. Crushing it. You guys are doing such a good job. Is the Royal Rumbles from this year on there? No, we haven't. The first pay-per-view we reviewed, I'm pretty sure, was WrestleMania Backlash or Double or Nothing, whichever one came first for like this year's pay-per-views. Let's see. Trying to think of hardcore matches because that's going to be. Let's see. There is. Number three is a, a, yeah, hardcore match. Number four is a regular singles match. Number five has some Ooh, some things. I got that, one. What's up? That Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. Shawn Michaels. They got like four, four ref bumps and like three tables broken. Is that from on ground, there? From ground zero in your house. That's one of the four that's tied for 10th. I'll tell you the other ones that are tied for 10th. Uh, Cole O'Reilly from TakeOver 36. Uh, the Heart, oh, Found- yeah. Heart Foundation versus the, the 10-man tag team match from In Your House Canadian Stampede. And... Uh, a match from Extreme Rules this past Sunday. If you watch the pay-per-view, you probably know which one it is. All right. Uh, just to not waste more time. Uh, number three, the one that we missed was the unsanctioned eight-man tag team match, which was Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie, Owen Hart, and Stone Cold versus Triple H, the New Age Outlaws, and their mystery partner, Savio Vega. Uh, number four, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. The double debut and the fucking 30 chops. Chops uh, from hell. Yeah. Endless chops. The Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre Hell in a Cell match. That was so good. Yep. And Shawn Michaels Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. And Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage oh, yeah. from All Out was number nine. That was really that high? Yeah, because you count the Adam Cole and Danielson debuts. But yeah, those are those are the top ten matches with obviously the the four tied for tenth. Um, number ten is already four and a half beers, and if you remember the first time we did beer ratings, the number one match for a long time was Stone Cold versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13, which got four beers, and it's now not even in the top ten. Still a really good match for four beers. Like holy shit. Yeah, it was. All right, let's uh, let's get into last week's Friday Night SmackDown, and then we can talk about Extreme Rules. Um, I really just wanted to cover stuff on that from SmackDown that like didn't really happen during the pay per view. So like some stuff, some people that were involved in segments on SmackDown that were not a part of the pay per view. Uh, I mean, the only stuff that I had was there was the like Kevin Owens and Happy Corbin segment, and then Riddick Moss returned and is now with Happy Corbin, I guess. And now they're gonna very be, weird. Yeah, now they're gonna be feuding. I guess I don't. Whatever. Yeah, Riddick Moss is not a person. I was like, ooh, please bring Riddick Moss back. I almost forget he exists nine times out of ten. That's how yes. I felt. That's how I felt when Ridge Holland came back, though, this time around. And now he's doing some great stuff. So maybe Riddick Moss will do put, some really cool stuff. I would have put Riddick Moss in the same category as Rick Boogs, but no one can come back with uh, such fury as Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Phenomenal. Rick Boogs is the best. Rick Boogs is one of our guys. 
Yeah, but do you remember him on NXT? Rick Boogs was like really bland and boring. I don't remember Rick Boogs. Like Rick Boogs, when he showed up on SmackDown, I was like, who in the fuck is this? I've never seen this person in my life. And then five seconds later, I was like, I love this man. Yeah, I think you're really underselling the former 24-7 champion, Riddick Moss. (laughs) Is that his only title? Yeah, well, well, I had to, I had to think for a second. I was like, wasn't Riddick Moss the guy with Mojo Rawley? And then I remembered he was, and that he was, he had that that stupid twenty four seven championship thing with him. I'll put him in the other category of weird people that have won that title one time, including Kelly Kelly and Pat Patterson and Gronk. Yeah, Gronk won it once. Yeah, the twenty four seven championship is just, just why. Do you remember the time that Marshmallow won it or Santa Claus? I don't. I remember Santa Claus, not Marshmallow, though. Marshmallow, like the DJ, yeah. he was a former one-time champion. Kyle Busch is a one-time. Mayor Glenn Jacobs is on the Wikipedia page. We all know that's fucking Kane, Wikipedia. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, I remember the, the, the sports commentator. I, I don't remember who, which one, from Fox. I don't remember who it was. Joe Buck. Oh, it was Joe Buck. Not Joe Buck. I, I'm Michael Gaccio. Yes, Is that well, it? A lot of I, great I, wrestlers have been the 24-7 champion. Doug Flutie included. Doug Flutie won it? Doug Flutie, Enos Cantor. Yeah, a bunch of sports people have won it. Oh, I remember Enos Cantor winning it too. Oh, because they, they did that like, I don't know. It, it was it was some big sports event, Matt. Like not actual sports event, but just like big sport broadcast where WWE stars were there. Yeah, WWE stars work out here. What? From the, I the, think the uh, sportscaster was uh, Rob Stone from Fox yeah. Sports previously with ESPN. Yeah, that's who it was. Uh, Man, I, what a terrible title! I that thought. Was you- a, I was gonna say I thought we were talking about the Robert Stone, like the Robert Stone brand. But here's a here, here's a trivia question for you: Where there's only one tag team that's recognized as having won it, who's that? Has that's won the twenty four seven championship? A single tag team is listed as having won the twenty four seven championship. The Viking Raiders. No, nope. No. Fuck the Headbangers. Nope. No. I don't know why I went so far back. <laughs> oh, I, I remember it kind of. Isn't it an old school team? Like a team that, or is Nope. It, no. It's someone. Natalia and Tamina. No. No. It, it was dudes. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's like a comedic act, obviously. Nope. It's not. That's the funny part. Oh, my God. Uh, the greatest Z- tag Ziggler, team in the world. Ziggler and Rude. Nope. Fuck. I don't Are know, you, dude. Just uh, tell me. Miz and McMahon? Nope. The Revival, the greatest oh, tag team no. in the world, adds one more to their list. The only tag team champions to win the NXT, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and 24-7 championships. All right. God yeah, damn anyway, it. Anyway, the, that was a cricket wireless reference that I dropped in there a little bit. When you were oh. like, what? It's Those are my favorite commercials. That was the, that was when, the, when he... He copied the Miz, and the Miz was just talking to himself, and he and he thought the cricket thought he was talking. To I him. do like the Kofi Kingston one where he dishes out the pancakes. Oh yeah, 
Oh, and the Charlotte. When Kofi leaves the ring, he never touches the ground. Yeah. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to say that we should just. Now that I guess we're talking about the women's tag team championships again, I need something that I'm not. I don't want to talk about anymore. Uh, I propose the twenty four seven championship. Second that. Okay, that works. All right. Wow, that uh, that Riddick Moss conversation really fucking spiraled out of control there. <laughs> um. I, the only other thing I had for SmackDown was, I mean, the Reigns and Montez Ford match was awesome. Yeah, Montez Ford is a single star in the making. Let's just say that. Like, there is a point where I'm going to say that I think they're going to push Montez Ford without Angelo Dawkins. It could be early as this Friday when the Street Profits get broken up via the draft. I'm going to be so sad. Yeah. Um, that's, I, not a, I, that's not a prediction. I think it's okay to leave tag teams tag teams though like i think that's one of wwe's biggest flaws is they they say oh how are we going to eventually make one person into a, a single star like look at heavy machinery uh, they you know there had to be a feud between heavy machinery except there really didn't I yeah that, that was that I, was literally just to get otis off the title i mean the money in the bank though the the only they think that the only way to make a tag team and have one person off of it become a single star is to break them up when it's not. I mean, the only, the only example I can think of where they didn't do that is Kofi, but he was already a single star before the new day. So I don't know if it really counts. And they kind of broke the new day up in order to make Big E a single star, but now they're back together. So. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, reviewing these old pay-per-views, you see tag teams that are just tag teams. Like, I don't know, bad example for the era we're watching right now, but LOD. I thought you were going to say the DOA. I thought you were going to say DOA or Los Periquas too. (laughs) (laughs) No, Savio Vega. The greatest tag teams of the 90s. Savio Vega is a single star, man. But yeah, so LOD, uh, go back further, like people like Midnight Express and stuff like that. Like, it's okay. The Rockers, you know? Yeah, it's okay to let tag teams be tag teams. You're not ne- like we're never gonna see the Young Bucks be Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson and not be the Young Bucks. You don't know that, but you're probably right. I think it's important that WWE doesn't steer away from keeping tag teams together because their tag team division is hurting the last few years. Um, you think of like tag teams that have stuck together since like I don't know 2015, 2016. We're down to like the New Day and the Usos. It's like still tag teams right now. I, I can't think of another one that's like still together and still in WWE because they lose talent or they get rid of talent or they break up tag teams. Like the New Day and the Usos are the only ones that have stuck around for the five years. Whereas like you look at AEW and most of the tag teams that showed up at the beginning, mine is like SCU is all still tag teams or at least like still in a faction together, even though they might not wrestle together, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that's part of the problem. Why people undervalue the the tag team? Well, why WWE even undervalues the tag teams on WWE, the tag team championships? I'm hoping that they don't break up any of the major tag teams, like the Viking Raiders or the Street Profits, because I I want to see tag team competition treated the way they did at Extreme Rules. Yeah, you know, think- those tag team matches, Extreme Rules, were very good, and I was hoping more of that is what's in store for us. 
Yeah, I mean, that's something I've thought about for a long time is I think that they should unify the tag team titles and just have tag teams go between brands and stuff like that. Yeah, otherwise the tag team division just gets so thinned out on it's when, you, when thin. you, it's when it's on the brands. They brought up more stars and stopped cutting people. I don't think we'd have this problem, but, you know, it's fine. Budget cuts, dude. Who knows? They're making more money than ever. Don't say that to me. Yeah, speaking of something that probably made them a lot of money, uh, Extreme Rules happened on Sunday. Ooh, Segway. That was perfect. Because it probably didn't make them a lot of money. Talk about talk about signs first, because I have one sign. And I've got a big problem with this sign. Did anyone else get Ooh, signs? I had one sign that I I had one sign that also made me really mad. I would hope that it's the same one. I saw a sign that said a goofy movie is filth. Same one. Fuck Trash. that. Fuck that guy. What is yeah, that? fuck that guy. Goofy movie is great. A goofy what? movie is an all-time classic Disney film. One of my favorites of all time. It's up there with uh, The Fox and the Hound. It's a classic. The Fox and the Hound, really? That's your reference? That's one of your favorite Disney movies, The Fox and the Hound? It's actually my favorite, and that's why I said it. But I like. That's love the saddest it. shit ever. Why would you pick I that like one? I like that movie. It's not, it's not Bambi sad. Fuck off. There are scenes in The Fox and the Hound that are sad, equal, comparable to Bambi. I'm, com- I'm, I'm shocked of all the 90s movies. I mean, of all <laughs> the Disney movies, you picked The Fox and the Hound. Like, I would have been like, I thought Goofy movies on par with The Lion King and Aladdin. And you were like The Fox and the fucking Hound. Well, part of it's a joke, but part of it's also serious because it's one of my favorite. No, it actually I- it is. It is. It is probably my favorite Disney movie. I don't understand the beef. Like, what what was going on in that guy's head at, at, at that time where he needed to trash a movie that's like 20 years old? You see, every time someone came out, that guy was like sitting right in the ramp and had a different sign. And it was just his opinions. And none yeah. of them were related. They were all like, he was just shitting on something specific that was not wrestling related at all. He was just yeah. hot takes. I hate Goofy movie. Yeah, but like, that was, that was you, the dude. worst. That was the worst sign of all. And... I did not appreciate it at all. I don't appreciate I it. I personally love the Goofy movie, and I think it has the most underrated soundtrack of any Disney movie. So I was pretty offended. I'm going to agree with you because I don't remember any songs from that movie, but I'm sure you're probably right. Eye to eye. Look it up when you get off of the podcast. Eye to eye. Eye spelled like eye of your fucking face. E Y E. Eye to eye. And you'll be like, oh, fuck, this is a banger. Okay. Um, but yeah, before I brought up signs, uh, I referenced, uh, extreme rules being a pay-per-view that probably didn't make them a lot of money reason number fucking one. So I ended up getting to watch this live and I watched the pre-show got to watch the pre-show match. And this is where the madness ensued. Peacock always has an issue. And this time around, we were getting English and Spanish commentary for the first it was like the last 30 minutes of the pre-show and the first like 30 minutes of the of the show that was like on and off. And you're just getting English and Spanish commentary all at the same time. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Peacock, I don't I don't pay you ten dollars a month to try and teach me Spanish. I know I a little bit of that. I know a little <laughs> bit of Spanish. It was like it was glaringly obvious on the pre-show. Um but it, it was it came through a little bit. It was, it was very noticeable and, and yeah, on the pre-show and then a little bit less noticeable on the main show, but 
uh, by that point I had already been like adapted to it. So I, I quickly realized when it was happening. It's fucking bullshit. Peacock just f- continues to find new ways to fuck with us. Yeah, I, I had I definitely had not heard about that at all. <laughs> I, I remember Speaking I got a peacock. Here's a. Sorry. No, you're cool. I don't remember what I was going to say anymore. <laughs> I had a, a peacock complaint that's non WWE related on the same note of peacock is that I use YouTube TV for my major television. And uh, as of midnight last night, I almost lost NBC on my Peacock. But Peacock was almost my primary NBC component because NBC almost cut ties with YouTube TV. And I was going to be really mad. I was going to have to use Peacock every fucking day because Peacock fucking sucks. But apparently they fixed it last night. So thank fucking God. Well, that seems like a really personal problem of yours. And uh... Google that shit. The entire internet was like up in arms that YouTube TV was going to lose NBC. Like YouTube TV apparently is like the number one streaming service for cable television. And like a lot of people were really upset because like Sunday Night Football, uh, USA Channel, Sci-Fi, E, Bravo, MSNBC were all going to get dropped from YouTube TV because NBC and YouTube and like Google were having this big argument about pricing but apparently they fixed it at like 11 o'clock last night on the deadline what a bunch of fucking bitches all these fucking ceos not getting their profits and stuff and i'm just out here trying to you know make money doing a podcast sometimes i didn't know we were trying to make money doing a podcast we're not we have three listeners we're just trying to appeal to them All right, let's uh let's actually start talking about this per- this fucking pay per view. Um, oh yeah. Did you guys even get to watch? So you guys, neither of you watched live, right? No. So did you guys even get to watch the pre show match? No. Yeah. Fuck you, Peacock. No. Nope. That's I, I'm saying that for in for you guys. Um. Well, uh, Liv Morgan and Carmella uh, was a match that happened. I have a Leslie quote. Um. This was when the Spanish and English commentary was coming through for the third time. Leslie said, this is annoying. I told her, no, this is Peacock. (laughs) Because that's literally just the truth. Peacock just sucks. So yeah, more complaining about Peacock. Uh, Liv Morgan won and got one beer. I heard the uh, crowd was super over for Liv Morgan, though. Like I saw an article after the show that said like the crowd was like really into Liv Morgan. Maybe a Liv Morgan push coming? Uh, they'll probably start to push her and then knock her back down again. I would hope that's so. how it happens every time. Or, I'm, I'm sorry. I was saying I would hope so to chat, not you, Joe. Ooh, yeah. Uh, the next match is the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omas. So on the pre-show, they they said they were gonna like hear from. They had like. Caleb Braxton backstage, I think, and they were like, we're about to hear from Big E, the new WWE champion, and they had, they went back there, it was either Caleb Braxton or the fucking Irish dude from Raw that was going to talk to him, and uh, all of a sudden, like, it was just AJ Styles shows up before the New Day even showed up, it was him and Amos, and he was all pissed off about why they were going to talk to Big E instead of him, it's like, dude, Big E's the champion, not you, you stupid bitch. Um, and then the five of them, because Big E walked in with New Day, the five of them start brawling, and then out of nowhere, also Bobby Lashley just joined the brawl because he was obviously just hanging around ready to kick some ass. And they made a match. But the match was pretty good, I thought. I was pleasantly surprised 
when I heard that was going to be added to the card and then I started the show with that, I was like, this is not going to be a good start to this pay-per-view. It was a good start to the pay-per-view. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, there, like, Kofi, Kofi got to basically be the big underdog of the match where he spent the nearly – what's it, while I was sitting there, it seemed like nearly the entire match that he was trying to get the hot – or trying to get somebody in for the hot tag and just couldn't do it. It, it, it just seemed like – it had to be over 75% of the match that he was just in there just waiting to tag somebody but just never could. And then getting thrown as high as possible by Omos. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't understand. Omos cannot be stopped. Has not been stopped. So I, 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 I realize what wrestling is, but if you're the, if you're the, if you're a person that's on the team with Omos, let make him start the match and don't ever let him tag out. You'll probably win. I don't yeah. get it. Have you Do seen it. the uh, the reports this week that uh, Big E wants a AJ Styles feud so he can face both AJ and Omos? I think that's going to be like when you finally get like an Omos, like someone who can overcome Omos might be Big E in like after this McIntyre feud. Oh, sorry. Ruin Monday, dude. But spoilers. What about everyone spoilers. who hasn't watched Raw that was five days ago? Honestly, spoilers. But would, yeah, would, I think be... I think an AJ Styles thing might might work. Oh, obviously it will work. AJ Styles is still one of the best. But yeah, at the end of the match, uh, Lashley and Styles like getting a little tiff, and fuck, I already don't remember what happened. But or no, Lashley tagged himself in. And then later, um, Lashley was like going for a move. And then Styles tagged himself in. Lashley goes for a spear. Big E moves out of the way. And Lashley spears Styles. And then big ending, game over. Uh, two and a half beers. Good start. I got 2.75. Oh my God. What in the fuck? And I was actually drinking for this one too. Damn. Now I feel like a bitch. I'm the one thing, probably taking some bitch sips. The one thing I have on this match is that I feel like Xavier Woods got really featured. Like um, the hot tags were not going to Big E every time, which I thought they would because he's the champ. Uh, but Kofi Kingston a couple times got Xavier Woods in on the hot tag, and Xavier Woods had some really good spells against like the likes of like Lashley and AJ Styles. So, like Xavier Woods getting good ring time beating on two WWE former WWE champions. So yeah, that maybe an up, Xavier Woods push later. That brings up a, yeah, exactly bringing up a question that I've been wanting to ask for a while. So now that Kofi Kingston and Big E have both won the WWE championship, what is the height that Xavier Woods can reach in WWE at this point? Um, Mid-card champion. Yeah. I, I don't see, I don't see Xavier Woods as like a WWE champion kind of guy but I, I could see him being like a u.s or intercontinental guy i is, i could i could too easily is xavier woods twitter handles still future king of the ring i don't know about that i well his handle i think is xavier woods phd but i thought it was austin Creed phd i thought he yeah used his real could name. be that too i don't i don't honestly i don't fucking remember i don't have these things memorized it's something PhD though, um, but yeah, I was, I was gonna say, 
like you were probably about to say, Joe, I think King of the Ring, if they ever brought it back, like he'd be one of my picks to win. It really sucks because he's really grown on me like throughout the whole time. And like he does like the up, up, down, down YouTube channel. Some of those are fun to watch from time to time. Like the videos that they do, like him, Tyler Breeze, Cesaro, and then Adam Cole used to be on there too, but they've since kicked him off. Uh, yeah, so Austin or Apollo Apollo's name is still Austin hashtag Creed what? for Austin hashtag Creed for King of the Ring. I said Apollo. That's my bad. That is uh, your bad. Xavier's name is Austin hashtag Creed for King of the Ring. Uh, Tack future King of the Ring. I think I think if they bring back King of the Ring, that that's I mean that's my pick to win. I don't think they would do it, though. All right. Next match. Holy fuck. The Usos and the Street Profits absolutely fucking killed it. Yeah, that was a good match. I think that because of the way that the main event ended, I think this was the best match on the card. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised at this how good this damn match was. Insanely good. I think I even called you at work on Sunday while it was happening and I was fucked up and I was like, dude, the Usos and Street Profits. It was so good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I called. I remember you called right after the pay-per-view and I was like, who was, what was the best match? And you were like the Usos and Street Profits. And I was like, what the shit? Yeah. Over the main event? And you were like, yeah, over the main event. It was so fucking good. I I loved everything about this match. They um, really got me multiple times with, with close two counts. I thought it was over multiple times like yeah i i feel like with my experience watching wwe i very rarely get sold on like a two count compared to like your normal average viewer but this match got me at least three times before the final pin yeah because i think ford hit of the the frog splash and got the two count one of the usos hit an uso splash for a two count i think didn't they hit the double uso splash too get the double uso splash and i was like that's it it's over and then it wasn't I mean, it was just fucking insane. Uh, I have a Michael Cole quote um, that really upset me. He said, the street profits could be broken up during the draft. Michael Cole, you, Michael. how fucking dare you say such malarkey? Yeah, I mean, they, they keep on saying that with, with King of the... Or not, damn, what the fuck is wrong with me? My brain's not in this right now. With, uh, with the draft coming up is they keep on saying, these tag teams could get broken up. Yeah, you need to turn your brain on, though. We're going to get done with the draft, and we're going to have a bunch of tag teams that are just like Matt Riddle and RKO, like, mixed together. You know, like, RK Bro, just like two random people together, plus, like, Monster and Ollie. Like, oh, thank God. Which is what a great a tag, tag team. Which is just a tag team thrown together. Just um, like uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Just, here we go. Just throwing them together. Yeah, there was, a, there was one point in the match, because I picked the Usos to win, which they did. Uh, Cole, Michael Cole also mentioned that uh, Angelo Dawkins went to Ohio State, which I've forgotten about. And this was being held in Columbus, which is obviously where Ohio State University is. And I immediately, like, I was starting to get buzzed. And I was just like, fuck, I'm fucked. I, I'm not going to be able to win, which I fucking threw up in the back of my mouth a little bit at the idea of Ohio State. I, I didn't win anyways, <laughs> but, you know. 
I don't know what it was. I guess I was just fucking listening for quotes the whole time where Michael Cole, I guess I, I forget who it was, but like someone was like clutching on their ribs, probably Montez Ford. Um, yeah, Michael, it was, Michael, it was Montez because of the, he was wrapped because of the match. From oh Friday. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He was talking about talking about McAfee and he's like, Pat, I'm sure you've had a number of rib injuries in your NFL career. And Pat was like, dude, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was a punter. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, but I, but I have a lot of friends who have gotten hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Like Michael Cole has no idea how the sport of football works. And like punters don't really get hurt, bro. They don't really do anything except kick the ball. Yeah. Like that's their only job. Like punters punt, kickers kick, and they still fuck it up constantly. You say that, but go to Google when you at some point watch uh, Pat McAfee tackles uh, he was on YouTube. He was good. And he was a good tackler. So he yeah. might have gotten a river tree. Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. I do remember seeing like, I, I think I remember him see, like seeing him like tweet out like some some highlight videos and they they were all like tackles that he had on kick on big kick returns that like got returned like I don't know 50 60 yards but he was able to make like the the last tackle on the sideline. Might have been the same thing I watched because I remember like something on the internet like showed me it was maybe it was like a Facebook link and I went over there and then it showed me like a short video of him tackling people. Possibly. But yeah, the, uh, the Usos retain here. I got two and a quarter beers for this match. I got 2.5, so I guess I'm like a quarter beer over everything you what say. What in the fuck, <laughs> man? What did I do wrong? I did something wrong. I'm missing out. I may... I think it's like the... I, there, there's definitely a, an aspect of like actually drinking for these and doing tallies where tallies, you're sober and you get everything. And when you're hammered, watching them by yourself you miss a lot of shit i feel like yeah I, uh when i'm sitting there by myself and only watching this whole thing not drinking really anything but like sipping on a bud light seltzer i think i i got everything tally wise so i bro i don't know how you can just sip on bud light seltzer bud light seltzer is trash i i have gotten to like seltzers in my keto stage yeah but yeah bud light seltzer is just not not in even not even in like the top five of seltzers the only thing I like from Bud Light Seltzer was the retro summer edition stuff. And I'm still, I, I like backlogged my, my pantry <laughs> full of the Bud Light. Yeah, there you go. As the Joe the summer like. edition. The summer ones were good. I hate the normal stuff, but the, the blue raspberry, the cherry limeade, and the summer ice ones they did for summer, those were good. Those are the yeah, only the ones that are good. Yeah, the cherry limeade and the cherry limeade slaps in general because it reminds me that I'm not, uh, of Bang. And then the... The other one tastes like a rocket pop. Yeah, uh, summer, you know, summer ice. Summer ice tastes like a rocket pop. And they also made uh, Bud Light Seltzer ice pops that I had a couple boxes of. Those are those were good too. Well, I haven't had those. So you don't talk I shit guess, on the Bud Light Seltzer. So you had the summer edition. Well, I'll talk shit on the originals because they're not good. I, I'll and I'll continue to. Uh, next match: Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. Um, this I, <laughs> yeah, it was a good match. For, so like, the one thing that I pointed out to the two of you after we stopped recording last week that I had remembered, which so I just mentioned about the Ohio state comment with, uh, Angela Dawkins. 
Alexa Bliss is from Columbus. The pay-per-view is in Columbus. And I picked Alexa Bliss thinking, you know, maybe WWE would give a win to somebody who was wrestling in their hometown. But yep. then I forgot that we were watching WWE. No, dude. Remember and they Alexa. never let anyone win in their hometown. Remember Alexa Bliss take, taking the, the title from Bailey in, yeah, San, in Jose? San Jose? Yeah. Just, I don't know why I thought that was good luck for me or like a good thing. Once again, just me being drunk. Yeah. Randy Orton, uh, Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal and his hometown, St. Louis. Oh, I thought you were going to say it. I, dude, I legitimately thought you were about to say Saudi Arabia, like Jinder uh, Mahal is from Saudi Arabia. No, 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 dude. Was, I just remember just specifically when that, when that, when we started saying no one ever wins in their hometown, it was right after Bailey lost in San Jose and Randy lost in St. Louis. I was more concerned with the fact that you had possibly forgotten that Jinder Mahal was from India. Uh, he's actually from Canada. That's true. His family's from India. He well, was raised in Canada. Okay, he is Indian. Let's not, let's not, <laughs> not go that far. A, I'm not taking away his heritage. I'm just saying, like, I have heritage, and I'm 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 not saying I'm from Poland. You know. Yeah, you're a Long Island bitch. I'm a, yeah. Back to the match. <laughs> um, this was yeah, like Joe said, this is still like a decent match on the card but like the the major stuff is the stuff that happened after the match uh charlotte flair wins and retains her title and uh i mean the big news from this is really that uh lily is gone and looks like the rumor mill says that alexa bliss is going to be off tv for a few months and is going to get like repackaged hopefully just back to what she was why she's getting pulled no nasal drip i just i heard that uh she's getting pulled to go to have her wedding with ryan cabrera so that she has time to like finish that whole thing up and then they're going to use that to repackage her oh that's bullshit she's getting pulled for a reason no don't don't give her time to get married just never let her get married (laughs) did you hear the report that he's he's playing the whole thing that she's like not a big wedding person and ryan cabrera is planning like every aspect of the wedding i love her even more now yeah, uh, I read that she was getting sinus surgery. I mean, that could also possibly be true. But no, I didn't read any of those things because I just read headlines. So uh, I thought I thought the repackaging is one necessary because I think we're most almost people are really done with the whole like Bray Wyatt ripoff stuff. But two, I think it will be able to sell her as a champion again. I think she'll come back and immediately get pushed into the champion spotlight. I don't. Ver- yeah, versus Charlotte. That would mean Charlotte would have to hold on to it for a while, though. Yeah, which Charlotte doesn't really do. Charlotte um, never has a long title reign. Shout, shout out! Shout out to Andrade in this match. You'll Charlotte posted a a side by side video on Instagram of Andrade moves and then moves she did on Sunday, where she's like really taking a lot of his moves into the into her her reservoir her move reservoir personal yeah her personal reservoir and then andrade commented all right but i'm taking the figure four. Ooh, 
I like it. What the fuck is a reservoir of moves? I don't know, dude. <laughs> like reservoir well, dogs. I, yeah. Well, I don't. I couldn't think of the word, dude. I told you my brain's <laughs> off right now. I think you mean repertoire. Repertoire. Yeah, repertoire. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal. It's something other than reservoir. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> reservoir is like a like a fountain of water. I got four hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got I got four hours of sleep. Leave me alone. No, that's plenty of sleep. <sighs> Shut up. Uh. That got a beer and a half. I got 1.75 and fuck I wrote off. down, holy fuck, so many two counts. <laughs> fuck off. There were so many two counts in that game, in that match. You know those two counts. You know what fucking sucks is I updated the beer ratings database with this in mind. So now I have to go <laughs> back. I have to go back and add a quarter of a beer to all these matches. Well, I'm sure you'll do that in about three months. So. Yeah, three months. Yeah, three months later, I'll I'll end up fixing it. Actually, I'll probably forget. So I'm probably gonna do it as soon as we get off of this, or else I'm just gonna forget about this one and the fact that we changed a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um. All right. The next match, United States Championship Triple Threat match: Damian Priest, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy. Not a tables match. Not an elimination tables match. Just a triple threat match. Really yeah. disappointed. Don't we look fucking stupid? <laughs> yeah. I, I That's was, Wikipedia's fault. That, that is, is Wikipedia's fault. But like, I, I, <laughs> I listened back to the episode after I had watched Extreme Rules and I was listening to us talking about and like Joe bringing up like, hold on a second. I'm looking at this Wikipedia page right now. This says it's a tables elimination match. And then we all just talk ourselves into picking Jeff Hardy, except yeah. Joe. And we all just talk ourselves into picking Jeff Hardy. Um, I ended up switching my pick to Damian Priest after the after like it got switched back. Um, but yeah, it was. This was also. I mean, I think that it was kind of what I thought. Like this this entire card like obviously the main event was going to be good but i think the rest of the card exceeded expectations yeah it, it i just wish they wouldn't have called it extreme rules <laughs> yeah because it was very yeah this has been like a this has been like a payback or a backlash style named pay-per-view i've been like man that's a good ass pay-per-view for a backlash ass pay-per-view yeah ass pay-per-view it was not an ass pay-per-view. It was uh, surprisingly good. I liked your hot take on uh, the quality of this pay-per-view when you called me on Sunday night. I thought it was NXT TakeOver-esque. You've got a very low number of matches, and you give each of them like a solid amount of time. And the like, it, it, was, it was TakeOver quality, I thought. I thought I agreed with that take after having watched it. I was like shocked you said that on Sunday night. And then I get home and I, I watch the bulk of it and I finish it the next morning. And every match getting the quality of time. And, you know, I mean, we're sitting here having everything be like 1.75, two years, you know, like that's a good takeover style pay per view. Yeah. And I mean, just that's, I feel like that's kind of what you need, but it's, it's hard for them to do a pay-per-view like that on a, like on a monthly basis because they've got two brands. Their roster is so big. It's, it's so much bigger than AEW's roster. Uh, 
And so it's, it, I feel like it's hard for them to just continuously do six or seven match pay-per-views and like have all your matches go over 12 or 15 minutes and then have your main event be that like 30 to 45 minute banger that I, mean, if, I think if they spread it out the instead of just giving us repeated bullshit over and over maybe, maybe, you know, pay-per-views WWE does where like the main event is like for the third and final time it's Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley up fucking again what if they did more of what AEW does and when someone loses a fucking championship match we move on to the next fucking contender you know that'd be cool like, as long as the way like, that they set up the contender isn't oh look they beat the champion in a non-title yeah. match those contenders matches are need to be way less often. Like I, I agree that maybe that's once in a while we set up a contender like that. But like, why is like someone that's not just kicking ass on the show just like now they're the other contender? Like, what if we just on Monday Night Raw we're like Shayna Baszler's killing everyone's ass and beating everyone down? She's now the number one contender. That makes fucking sense instead oh, of a dewdrop fucking match. Spoiler, Shayna Baszler Sorry. spoilers, dude. I'm really excited about Shane Baszler. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like the only way that the contenders matches work is if the champion is facing somebody in the mid-card, lower mid-card that you fully expect them to beat, and they come out and get a surprise win, and that's how they gain a number one contendership. They used to do that back in the day, and it made sense. It's like, mm-hmm. here's this person that doesn't really deserve a title shot, but then oh, shit, they just beat the champion in, in a regular singles match on Raw or SmackDown. So now, you know, they, they build it up into, oh, this person deserves a championship match. You could easily do that right now with someone like Ricochet, who they don't have anything for him ever. So, I mean, he's, on, he's basically on their lower mid card. That would, that would be super easy to do. Yeah. But yeah, Damian Priest ends up winning. There was a point that I thought Jeff Hardy might win, which was upsetting because I ended up switching to Damian Priest. But um, yeah, at the end, Jeff Hardy catches a brogue kick. And then like Priest, like I forget, like kicks Sheamus or put like throws him out of the ring and then pins Jeff Hardy. And, it was like uh, classic three-way finishes where like, couple people hit their finishing moves and then like someone throws someone out of the ring and like pulls the, the championship. Yeah. And uh, Chad, just go ahead and tell me that you got two beers for this match. <laughs> yep. God damn it. All right. Cause I got 1.75. So you, that means, yeah, I just assumed that you got two beers. I think you just missed one or two things here or there. And that just like moved me up. So I was paying close attention, just taking tallies. So I I'm guess gonna, I'm gonna have to go back after and add all this shit up again. Um, I'll just say it now before all of these roundups, this pay-per-view was at 15 and three quarters of a beer. And uh, it's not going to be that obviously now uh, second to last match SmackDown women's championship, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. This, uh, this was what, their SummerSlam match should have been. Yes. 100%. Until the ending. Yeah, I was pretty drunk at this point, so taking notes on it was pretty tough for me. So that was the only note I had for the match, was that this is what their SummerSlam match should have been. 
and then all of the shit that ended the match I took notes on, obviously, but I don't know if there's anything during the match that you guys I thought it was a good match. I hated the ending. Yeah, the ending. So if I told you before last Sunday that there is going to be this pay-per-view called Extreme Rules, but then we were going to have one of their matches uh, end in a disqualification, how would you feel about that? I hate the idea of an Extreme Rules pay-per-view period with just one Extreme Rules match. I think that's uh, contrary to the fucking title. But uh, this match, uh, I want to hot take real quick, wasn't, did not live up to my expectations. Well, I had, when they put it next to last on the card, knowing what WWE does, and they put it basically in like a co-main event style, I was expecting a fucking banger. I thought this was going to be phenomenal. Uh, and I was good, and it was good all the way to the ending. And then I hated the ending. I completely hated the ending. Because uh, now we don't know for sure if Becky could really beat Bianca in one of those long matches. I guess that's good for Bianca, but how does it sell Becky? And then, you know, the Sasha ending with the disqualification, and then she attacks both. I mean, it sets up well for like a triple threat maybe in the future, but at the same time, I wanted just a one-on-one main event quality. Becky actually beats Bianca and makes it make sense of what happened at SummerSlam. But that's just Yeah, Sasha Banks makes her return and takes out. She actually hit Bianca first, which gave Bianca the win technically. So literally nobody got this match right. Everyone picked Becky Lynch to win, which sucks because at the I think it was by the time the triple threat came on, I had no chance of winning unless I switched my picks. So I actually I forgot until now I ended up switching my pick back to Jeff Hardy and switched my main event pick as well. If I had switched to Bianca Belair, I could have tied for first. And stayed, and if I would have stayed with Damian, would not Reed, have it wouldn't have mattered, which we'll we'll talk about after we're done here. But yeah, um, so yeah, Sasha Banks returns, takes everybody out, or no, yeah, takes everybody out, and uh, now we've got now we've got a impending triple threat match on our hands: Bianca, Sasha, and Becky. And uh, Chad, I'm just going to assume you got two and a half beers for this match. Two and a quarter? I got two. Oh, I got I got two and a quarter. Let's go. <laughs> nice. I guess I missed some parts in that match. I yeah, don't know. fuck you. Well, there's also the whole factor of how much of the beer was left when you got the finish your beer for Sasha. I don't know. I, I counted that. I wrote that down. I was like, Sasha... I wrote like Sasha next to the numbers, but I don't know. It's I actually, how do you get to, because Sasha, Sasha returns. And then after that, you have the finish of the match, which is a beer. So when she returned, you have to already be at two beers. Maybe I stopped counting when she came back. Cause I got 1.75. I think I rounded up to two with her return. And then I maybe stopped counting at that point. Maybe that's why you got two and a quarter. Yeah, because some other shit happened. I'm pretty sure she hit a finisher. There, there was some other drinks after the match. But yeah, two and a quarter beers. 
in the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair match. And then we get to the main event. So Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Universal Championship, Extreme Rules match. Um, when I was watching this on Sunday, I was absolutely fucking hammered. I don't know how because this wasn't like an like an insane drinking pay-per-view. Uh, ended up getting the spins halfway through this match and had to pause it and go throw up, at which point I stopped drinking and watched this match on Monday uh, sober and did tallies for it. Um, so, yeah, this is it was just in insane amount of drinking at the time for me there was there was a lot of cool moments though so they they the i think the first extreme spot roman hops out of the ring grabs a kendo stick and then where like finn was in the ring and then the the they did some good camera work where the, he looks in the ring finn's no longer in the ring and then he like just pops up on the other side of the ring and he pulls out a bundle of kendo sticks and Roman just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, what the fuck, man? And just rolls back in the ring. Is like, all right, let's fucking do this. And gets hit with the bundle of kendo sticks like five times. The crowd was super fucking just like super hot for wanting tables. And Roman got a lot of good heel heat for just like there was even the point where Finn pulled the table out from under the ring. And the crowd just went absolutely fucking nuts. Roman Roman hits him, takes him down, pushes the table back under the ring, and is like, no tables. We're not doing tables. Got so much fucking heat for that. It was it was great stuff. Yeah, they started chanting for tables pretty much immediately as soon as the first person exited the ring. Like someone slid out of the ring for the first time and they were like, We want tables. Yeah. And then Roman built so much he's he's his heel work right now is phenomenal with how he immediately was like all it's, right i'm not going to go for tables just to piss the crowd off it's so good um i have a pat mcafee quote here uh he said roman reigns is like bob ross with a steel chair <laughs> which i guess i guess is kind of i guess it could be true just he paints a beautiful picture with steel a, chairs yeah paints beautiful pictures with steel chairs i guess um and then also just the ultimate like polarizing heel move where they take the fight out into the crowd and Roman decides to mask up and go out in the crowd with a mask on <laughs> and take the fight like to the uh like the pre-show desk and all that shit and doing all that shit with a mask on. There were so many people online being like Roman Reigns fought half of a wrestling match in a mask and you can't fucking put it on to walk into Walmart. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I got so confused because I don't remember. I like missed part where he put it on and then he was wearing it. And I was like, what the fuck is on his face? And then I remember the whole like leukemia thing. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the only way they could get Roman Reigns to go out of the ring was for him to be like, I'm going to wear a mask out there because I don't trust these fucking unvaccinated hicks out in the crowd yeah but they played it really well where he was they were like he doesn't want to breathe the same air as the people in columbus and all that shit yeah. like he doesn't want to smell these i don't know, smelly people or shit like that it was so funny those were some good spots though too when they went to the pre-show desk and they were like slamming each other on top of that desk and everything that was actually a really good spot 
Yeah. And then also went through the table that was like, right. That was, uh, conveniently set up right next to the table. Yeah. What was that table for? Uh, you'll never know. It had a box on it and some wires, it was, mm. you know, standard backstage table. I, yeah. Standard stuff that you need for the pre-show. A one box and a bundle of wires. <laughs> the wires are not connected to anything. <laughs> they're there just in case, you know, they're the backup wires. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then they bring it back. The, the Usos interfere. And one of the, so Finn puts one of the Usos through the announce table. And then Reigns does the fucking like one of the best spears through a barricade I've ever seen. The barricade might as well have exploded. I said, I wrote that same thing down. I was like the barricade spot. And I was like, that was a, the camera angle was great on it. The way Finn sold it was great. It was hard hitting. The barricade looked like it was purposely there just to get exploded. That was one of my favorite spears through a barricade that Roman's ever done. Yeah. Uh, And then weird shit happened. Yeah. So when this first started happening, so then at this point, right, Roman is down, Finn is down, they're both outside the ring, and all of a sudden the like the lights go red and you start to hear the the, the heartbeat sound from the beginning of the demon entrance. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you get that that like little build-up moment right before Finn's music hits. And Balor just stands straight up and kind of no sells, like kind of after laying there for a minute, but basically no sells the spear through the barricade. He flopped a couple of times. Did you hear the heartbeat flopping? Yeah. So when the heartbeat he goes, he, like he, yeah, he like flopped around. Yeah. It's it it pretty funny. Like a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the music hits and the music just starts playing like a fucking montage for Finn Balor. Uh, does like a shotgun drop kick to Roman and then Roman just flies back through a table that was that was set up earlier it was it was honestly at this point like they they fucking had me I was like yes I don't care that I switched my pick to Roman I can't win this fucking belt once again I'm cursed Um, let's go Finn Finn's just gonna fucking Finn's gonna do it and he he does the shotgun drop kick? Roman goes through the table. He rolls. He rolls Roman back in the ring. Roman's perfectly set up for the coup de gras, and Finn is on top of the ropes, and the top rope collapses. The music stops. The lights go. The lights come back, and Roman hits a spear. One, two, three, and that's how we ended. There was such like a. It was such a such an like something I've never seen before. And I was like willing to accept this awesome build up to like, if that's how they're going to do Finn winning, thought it was going to be a great thing. And then they end up just cutting the top rope. Still don't really know how the fuck it happened. I did see a weird video from that. Somebody that was in the crowd took a video of it was the, the, the corner opposite of Finn there was a cameraman up on the ring and apparently you could like see him cutting the ropes. So I don't know if this cameraman is 
if they're going to play it off. I, I don't know how they're going to play it off tonight when SmackDown airs, but hopefully it makes sense. We'll see. You know, knowing WWE, it won't make any fucking sense. Though. Probably not going to make any fucking sense. I would say ideally, if you're going to play it off, either one, Paul Heyman fucking paid someone off to to do it, or two, the so-called cameraman that cut the ropes that somebody caught filming was actually a wrestler who hates Finn Balor for some reason. And now yeah, you've who got who in the hell and, would that be? And now you've got a feud. I have no idea. Who could that possibly have been? No idea. Riddick Moss. <laughs> Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss is just on a tear. He just wants to fucking attack everybody out of nowhere. Um, yeah, that was a that was a bad ending. All time bad endings. Nah. I don't think it was like Hell in a Cell, Bray Wyatt bad, but it was it was like one and a half stages below that. Yeah, it was a few stages below that. I don't know about all time. There, there's. There's uh, people out there who still think that Bray Wyatt's not actually released, and that this is gonna this is gonna bring back the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Well, not to do too many, you know, like spoilers for Dynamite or anything, but like the rumor mill was that Bray Wyatt was supposed to show up this week on Dynamite, you know, during the Brody Lee like one year anniversary show, and uh, clearly that did not happen. So you never know; he could be on WWE. Oh uh, yeah, people. Well, first off. Like his 90 days still hasn't passed. People thought that his 90 days didn't exist, but it seems like it does. It does exist. And people are also thinking that he's not going to sign with AEW at all. And then it's going to be with impact over with Braun Strowman. That'd be cool as shit. I would love him on impact being the, the one member of this podcast uh, that watches impact. I'd be <laughs> fucking stoked on some impact Bray Wyatt. Yeah. All I have to say about it is if he ends up showing back up in WWE and it was all a swerve, god damn it. What the fuck? Well, like what was it even for? What was the news even for? Just to like just to bring him back this one time and have a cool surprise. I don't fucking know. Well, I I, I don't even know how I'll feel if if that's what happens. I I I have no idea. Yeah, a storyline cut when so many other people are getting cut would be pretty messed up. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I got four and a half beers for this match. Wow, Chad nods four his head. Four and a half, all right. Extreme Rules 2021, 16.75 beers. I have no idea where it ranks on the beer rating scale now because we just added a beer to it. Top 10. It's top 10 for sure. <laughs> the one thing... I didn't the I did not remember there was a pay-per-view we watched that got less than six beers. Yeah, I don't remember. The hell was that? I don't remember which it was like uh oh in your house a cold day in hell. It got five point seven five beers. Yeah, I remember that being a bad pay-per-view. I don't it was an awful pay-per-view, and I think it had five matches on it. Five like five or six matches. It was disgustingly bad. I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't remember anything being that bad. It was bad. There were some bad ones. I don't remember anything that bad. It, it was real bad. Real bad. Something that was not real bad, though. Boom, segue. Raw, once again, not bad this week. We there got... were some moments that I really enjoyed on Raw, but overall, I wouldn't say that it was nearly as good as last week's. But it's still trending in the right direction. I think there was a good close show before the draft. So, 
we started we started the night with Big E versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Uh, ended up ending in disqualification. Uh, there was a point where Big E gets thrown to the outside. Or no, he did the spear through the ropes to Lashley. And once he like got up from the spear, he is now surrounded by Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin because the Hurt Business is back. And oh, yeah. fucking, if I wasn't holding a microphone right now, Round of fucking applause, WWE. The people have been clamoring for like, why the why the fuck did they ever break up the hurt business in the first place? And they listened. Either that or it was their plan all along to just randomly break up the hurt business and then randomly bring them back. I think the hot take, I'll I'll leave this for the end segment. We want to talk about the draft, but I think the hurt business has a really good chance of being competitive on a main event scale, maybe on another show. Oh, that's going to be one of the one of the things that we talk about or a group of people that we will most certainly cover with where we think they're going in the draft. Um, so the New Day comes out, makes a save uh, and it ends up in a double DQ and they end up booking a steel cage match for the main event so that no one else can interfere uh, between Lashley and Big E. But they uh, did anyway. It it's kind of following the same booking as last week, where the six man tag uh, ended, and then they, uh, but then like where Lashley came out last week and got involved, and then they end up booking a new match in the in the end of the show. It's following that's it followed that same realm, I guess. But last week I think was a little more successful than this week, but I don't think it's unsuccessful by any means. I still think it was fun, fun to watch. Yeah. The way Adam Pierce popped out for that announcement made me think he was going to say, there's going to be a steel cage or there's, it's going to be biggie versus Bobby Lashley in a steel cage match versus the undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> just the way he popped out like that it was like <laughs> uh, undertaker didn't didn't wasn't in that match dude spoilers <laughs> um the, the only some other stuff i had i have a fuck ton of Corey graves quotes from raw apparently um there was a, a match that involved i think it was angel garza versus somebody and when Corey graves was eric Eric, yeah. Eric. When when he was talking about them, he's like, when these two show up, the divorce rate goes through the roof. Yeah, so remember I, that one. Yeah, so I guess that they're uh, like that's their character now is that they're handsome, Garza and or Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. Did you, yeah. did you hear the quote from Byron Saxton at one point? He was like, he gave Corey Graves like a comment. It was like he said something along the lines of like. Between the three of you, we have some handsome people in the ring or something like that. And Corey Graves is like, I'm not even on the same level as these guys. I was like, <laughs> what, the, what the hell was that, Byron? Yeah. I'd... Byron's like, hey, hey, Corey, you're pretty cute over there. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Their, their chemistry that they have is so awkward and weird sometimes. <laughs> um, but there was like a little uh, – another funny quote. I'm pretty sure it was from this match. Uh where Corey Graves like clapped back at Saxon after he said something 
And uh, he was like, don't worry, Saxton, your girlfriend is safe. Carrillo and Garza aren't into four-legged ones. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) The way that Corey Graves bullies Byron Saxton on the commentary team is very enjoyable to me. I think it's hilarious. I've said it in a while. Other than Pat McAfee, Corey Graves is my favorite person in the commentary booth on either show. I I love Corey Graves. Yeah, he's... He says a lot of funny shit. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Keith Bearcat Lee. Yeah, we finally did got you read into the. Did you read into the back story of like old African American like uh, wrestlers named Bearcat? Yep. So it was in reference like the, to the first the first ever African American World Heavyweight Champion. Um, there was a lot of people online that didn't fucking know that. And they were all really fucking mad about Keith Lee uh, adopting the Bearcat name. And to those people, I say, research your shit. And and yeah, crack a fucking book and be better. I hope that this means that they are going to start pushing Keith Lee out of Akira Tozawa matches. uh, It's the same match I saw at the live show like two weeks ago. It was literally like Akira Tozawa standing in the ring asking for somebody that's in the 24-7 title range, and on comes Keith Lee to squash Akira Tozawa. Now that I've seen it twice, I'm ready for it to be over. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope that the Bearcat thing starts to push that Keith Lee is always – they've always wanted to do with Keith Lee on the main card. Like, they've obviously had him compete for titles on Raw and now won, but be competitive. I hope this is like his, his build – you know, give him yeah. the Bearcat name, give him some lineage and history behind it, and then maybe start a, a main event push. Well, it was weird because the announce team didn't uh, didn't say anything about the Bearcat lineage on Monday. Yeah, and maybe and they're slow rolling it. And that's all fine and good, but you're breaking one of our rules on on this podcast, which is we don't talk about the twenty four seven championship. Oh, use- shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a new rule that we adopted. Uh, that's a new 30, rule. Like I got thirty. Right, I can't remember it. No, we adopted it, it about thirty minutes ago. So like, you need to remember stuff like that. Uh, you guys getting Sorry. heel? You guys getting heel Keith Lee vibes here? Kinda. I can tell yeah, you for like- sure. I can tell you for sure he's turning heel because they did uh like a WWE one of those WWE exclusive videos. Uh, and he was definitely a heel in the promo. Um, Keith Lee is turning heel. Yeah, I think that his uh, his come out and squash of uh, Kiritazawa, and then like the glare he had in the ring afterwards, that like angry face, I could already tell. I was like, huh, that's a little less Keith Lee than normal. Because usually he's all smiles and like fan friendly, and he didn't do any of that in this like squash match. So I was like, I could already tell the vibes were there. Yep. Love yeah. squash matches. They're, they're so worth my time. I'm ready for that. Uh, and then we got a Damian Priest Sheamus match. It was no disqualification. So we had the, the no disqualification match uh, for the United States Championship and a cage match, both on Raw, which automatically right, after put, Extreme Rules. Yeah, <laughs> which automatically put Raw in the more extreme than Extreme Rules category. I thought the extreme, I thought the disqual- no disqualification match between those two was their best match they've had yet. And I'm glad it was like the, the culminating match of that rivalry. I'm like glad that at least we got something that wasn't just a one on one on the pay per view. But I thought the no DQ match really closed that loop with a pretty damn good raw match. Yeah. 
see all the kendo, like a the walking tub of mayonnaise that Seamus is, like every time a kendo shot happened, you could see it in his skin for like three days. And like, so like every time he got hit with a kendo stick, you saw it and it just sat there with like a welt already formed for the rest of the match. It was pretty gnarly. I'm sorry. You just called him a walking tub of mayonnaise. And I, that's, that's just hilarious. That's been my uh, definition for the, the pacey white boy Seamus for years. I've always called him that, but that is like the most defined thing you could say about him. It's quite flattering. It's quite flattering as well. Let's see. They also advertised there was a raw women's championship or supposed to be a raw women's championship open challenge. Um, usually the rules of an open challenge is, uh, the, the champions out in the ring. And then they say, anyone in the back want a shot at this, at this belt, come and get it. Or John Cena would say, you want some, come get some, uh, instead on Monday night raw, what they do is if you want a championship shot, you just go talk to Adam Pearson is like, I would like to be the person that answers the open challenge, which is what Dewdrop did this week and just completely ruined the open challenge surprise. Yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't an open challenge because if it had been open challenge, uh, I'm sure Ava Marie would have been the person that walked out. You know, no, nah, I dude, can't that's, stand the sight of Ava Marie. So that's that's heel versus heel. You wouldn't you wouldn't do that. Eva uh, Marie, Eva Marie, Eva Marie instead uh, was involved in another Shayna Baszler beatdown this week, which was fucking awesome. And this goes back to what I told you, Joe, a few weeks ago. I told you it only takes a couple weeks to get badass Shayna Baszler back. She's back. And I think it's like a face Shayna Baszler almost. Like it's a badass, like almost like, you know, how they push Becky or like some, one of those kind of like neutral faces that everyone loves. Like I think that Shayna Baszler kicking the shit out of the arms of Nia Jax and Eva Marie and only those being heels. I think that's a, a really big face push, maybe face push for Shayna Baszler. Could be. Shayna versus Charlotte, please. I would love it. I would love it. Please put the belt on Shayna. Please. Yeah, definitely could be. Um, AJ Styles and Riddle's, Riddle had a match. Uh, Corey Graves quote, uh, you should try some of Riddle's gummies. They're delicious. <laughs> It's a it's a drug reference. I did not hear that. That is shocking. Yeah. And then we had the cage match, which was fucking awesome. It was a great, great match for Raw. It was a um, good Raw main event. I will say that. Yeah. Biggie, Biggie wins. And then uh Drew McIntyre shows up. And it looks like that's gonna be the next WWE championship feud. It's weird to introduce feuds like that the day before a draft, like a show before the draft, like that kind of gives away what you're doing with that draft. Like, I didn't like that. I wish they would have saved that for next week. Like, Oh, maybe open the show with that, you know, like Biggie's out there. And if that's what you're going to go with, Biggie opens the show and then says like, Oh, I'm talking and drew makes his entrance. And that's like a good thing. But like to sell me on that's your, rivalry that you're building at the show before a draft kind of just gives it away or or they have the match next week drew loses like have it early in the show even though it should be a main event it's because of the way that they do drafts they do the the draft picks between matches they could have them lose 
and then get drafted to SmackDown right after that. That's good. That'd be a good swerve. I, I can I can get on board with that. That'd be better. Yeah, I could see both ways. Well, I guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to talk about Drew McIntyre as well and what the fuck he's going to be doing for the draft. Yeah, I mean, he sent out a tweet after that, after he made his his entrance at the end of the end of Raw on Monday, where he's like. I'm going to be challenging Big E for the WWE Championship, or I'm going to be challenging Roman Reigns, depending on the results of the draft. Oh, I didn't see that, but I'm I'm down for both matches. I'm paraphrasing. It goes back to what y'all talked about like months ago. As soon as he lost that uh, that what you call it, the this is my last chance match against Robbie Lashley. That as soon as he is no longer the champion, I expected Drew McIntyre to come back just like you guys talked about. And here it is. We're done with Bobby Lashley's time, and immediately here comes Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I mean, we're basically geniuses. <laughs> All three of those listeners, they agree with you. Yeah, and um, we appreciate you, three listeners. All right, let's get into NXT 2.0, Ladies' Night, because that's what it was billed as. NXT 2.0 is still growing on me. It's going to take a while, I think, before me to like love NXT 2.0, like I used to love NXT, but there are things that are good and there are things that I don't like. They're pretty 50 50. Yeah. We'll see how Uh, it goes. I have a a take on Braun Breaker. Yeah. Tell Tell me if this is true or not. Braun Breaker is just Mojo Raleigh on less cocaine. I think he has an intensity to him that I enjoy. I think he's better than Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, because he's on less cocaine. Cocaine, I hear, you know, makes it, it, it could be not beneficial. So if you take too much of it, you know, it could be very much not beneficial, also sometimes life threatening. I think Braun Breaker is going to be a star. I don't know if they're going to immediately pull the title off Tommaso and give it to Braun like they're selling, but I think that he will definitely be an NXT champion and it will be very quick no matter what happens. I think he's a future. He has intensity to him. He's got a really good charismatic attitude. Yeah. He's, I I really enjoy everything he's doing right now. Yeah. I I think he's a future main eventer, not just on NXT. Uh, And I think that in a couple years from now, when he does get his call up, he, uh, he'll get a name change. I think he'll get his name back eventually. I mean, they don't really ever change people's names when they go from NXT to, to WWE. They never do that. Yeah, they would never do that to Eric and Ivar. <laughs> that was literally the example I was thinking of. <laughs> but yeah, Ladies Night or had a Piper bunch Niven. of... Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Do drop. That poor girl. Um, yeah, we had a bunch of women's matches. On the card, uh, B-Fab versus Electra Lopez, whatever. B-Fab's still super green in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and Has no idea what she's doing, it looks like, half the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I still enjoy the like what they have going on with uh, Legato de, del Fantasma and Hit Row, though. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're continuing that feud. But I know that there's a, a call for at least somebody from from that feud, maybe a one one group 
not being on NXT for that much longer. Yeah. I, I'm Which not, one? I'm not buying that. Hit Row. Hit Row not being on NXT any longer? Yeah, because they're going to get called up. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I think that two of them are very raw right now. Like, the BFAB and then, uh, what's his name? Top Dollar. Oh, you say they they're need very more raw before right they're now? They're, they're going to a big show. So you, yeah, said but, the, you said they're raw. You said they're raw right now. Not like raw the show. Like, they don't, they don't have <laughs> enough experience You said yet. the word. You said, you, you said Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so put it down. Pen to paper, Chad thinks that Top Dollar no. and BFAB are getting drafted to the no. row. Write that down. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You said it. Also, he has the title still, so there's no way they're getting drafted with him having the title still. Oh, that's right. I forgot nobody's ever been drafted while holding a title. Yeah, not the fucking mid-card NXT title. No, they haven't. Well, it's only been around for a few years. Yeah, they're a mid-carder on NXT. Yeah, it's never That's, happened. Yeah. It, are you arguing with me? No, I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to spin you up right now, honestly. Um, I also think that if you're going to draft one of the two of them, the, the group that has the more experience and makes more sense is the other one. Legado Fantasma all have reading experience, and Electro Lopez looks way better in the ring than BFAB. Yeah, BFAB does not look great. But that would um, only, that would, that was, that's only, that would make sense though. Why would they do something that makes sense? I was wrong about Joe Gacy last week. Yeah, Joe Gacy. He, he still... seemed like he was talking to me directly when he was like, <laughs> I did not get canceled. Hey, Joe, this is Joe Gacy. <laughs> uh, I'm still a part of the PC police, bitch. Basically how I've read that pro- or how I listened to that promo. Yeah, I think they just need to shift his character more into PC principal. And then I, uh, I'd i like. Yeah, Joe just Gacy. take it to the fucking extreme yeah. with the PC stuff. It would be it. It would be so funny and people would hate him so much. And then I have a feeling like he could find a way to turn him turn himself into like an awesome face character. I don't know how, but I feel yeah, like it's possible. He's got to actually wrestle eventually, right? Well, he wrestled week one against Cameron Grimes and lost. Yeah, but he, you know, last this week he made a reference to I didn't throw one punch. So he, he wrestled, but. He didn't really wrestle. He kind of just like. Did you see the article this week problem. about him? No. And how like uh, in, in the so Peacock like the next day has NXT get like put on Peacock the next day so you can watch it. And the Joe Gacy promo from the first week was not in there. And there was like talks of maybe them canceling <laughs> the PC woke left character, which is funny. That uh, they're canceling the pro cancellation people, but. Well, that, that, that's what I was saying. At the same time, they immediately brought him back. And they're also selling him as more like a woke left than a cancel culture person. Like, it's a it's a hit on the woke left group, which I don't know how well that's going to go over in long term. I don't know. Probably not well, but hopefully. Yeah, that, that's hopefully the he finds a way. La- that's the article I read last week, which is why I was why I was talking about it. But then he came back and he's like, nah, I'm not canceled. Yeah, I didn't see it. I don't. I don't read articles. Yeah, uh, we know you can't read. I I can read. I just don't enjoy reading a lot. I just do headlines, dude. That's reading. Yeah, Wade Barrett uh, continues to be gross towards toxic attraction. Yeah, 
You said some more off the wall comments. I didn't type any of them. Oh, I love White Babbitt. I didn't. I didn't write any of his comments down. Uh, That's some bad news, Dill. I was. I was about to try and just do a Wade Barrett saying, "I've got some bad news for you," but nobody wants to hear my Wade Barrett. Oh, I've got bad news. <laughs> Thank you. I freaking love Wade Barrett. Always have. Always will. And I. Uh, I think he's my favorite part of NXT commentary team. Yeah, I mean the rest of the uh, it's Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix is not good, and Vic Joseph is fucking Tom Phillips hey, light. Let's not rag on Beth Phoenix because Beth Phoenix is an upgrade from Renee Young. You know, Renee Young used to sit there and make weird comments, and then just go "Whoa" or "Wow" in the middle of matches way too freaking often, and she was like have weird exclamations that were like the bulk of her her output. And at least Beth like has statements to make about wrestling, you know? Yeah, I mean, Beth was a wrestler, so it makes sense. I don't know. Sometimes I just get annoyed by her voice. I don't. I I don't know. And I would also not talk shit on her because she saved the wedding of index that was true that is true she basically just cemented the let the already like very young legacy of nxt 2.0 in that moment yeah so calm yourself all right yeah but yeah eo shrine zoe stark uh retained the nxt women's tag team championships over toxic attraction i honestly thought there might be a tag or a uh i thought that was good i thought it was gonna be a title change there like i was i was oh it was a good match i yeah i did too i was full in on the what you said last week chat about like them having people have championships that they felt deserved another one and like in my head i'm thinking io shirai and then just hot swapping it over like very soon but it did not happen here i was too because there was also the roger strong thing where i was worried for a minute there that they were going to have Roger Strong lose. Uh, yeah, that match was immediately also, after. That match was also very great. I was uh, very big on Grayson Waller after that match. I thought Grayson, well, here's the thing on Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is not meeting the same mold as some of the other guys. So Von Wagner and Braun Breaker are all built in the performance center. Grayson Waller was an indie wrestler. So he has way more experience than the other guys do. So it makes sense that he came out basically and had a good move set and the ability to perform in the ring versus like a, a B-Fab or a Top Dollar or all those other people that were saying still need a little bit of work. Grayson Waller looks way more pristine than the other ones do. Well, you, not fit in the mold. you said B-Fab and Top Dollar are getting drafted to Raw. So you did say Raw. I didn't yeah. say that. You That's said Top Dollar and B-Fab. The other meaning are- of the word are raw and if all elite has told taught me anything it's they say it in that exact manner yeah so and so is all elite said so and so are raw yeah that's what they should do tweet out the graphics actually they could tweet out the graphic they could tweet out the graphic and have whatever person got drafted doing the 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 handshake picture with triple h Grayson Waller was good though. Yeah, we said that. Already. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Segway <laughs> back to something that actually makes sense. Grayson um, Waller's match was really good. Yeah. It sounds like there's like a, a 
a siren going on in your house. That's my uh, one and one month old or two month old child in the background. That's my 14 month old in the background upset. He doesn't have food. <laughs> well, it's going to be tough to edit out. Probably just leave it. Oh yeah. It's, I'm definitely not going to do that. That's like, you can just explain it afterwards. I'm pretty sure it's impossible to edit it out. Probably. Like Grayson Waller, though, he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shit. Um, I had another comparison where I compared Braun Breaker to Mojo Raleigh on Less Cocaine earlier. Um, Andre Chase is just a taller Drew Gulak. Yeah. Am I wrong? I didn't really care for Drew Gulak, so uh, I think it makes a good comparison because I really don't care about Drew, uh, Andre Chase. All right, fine. Um, well, I, I care about Drew Gulak. I think he deserves more. I loved his program with Daniel Bryan a couple of, like a year ago or so. Yeah, I that think. one thing that was good, yeah. Um, well, we t- yeah, I mean, he's a great technical wrestler. He just doesn't have the look that WWE was looking for. Or and a character he- at all. Um, if you saw this stuff that like they said that Drew Gulak like does a lot of stuff backstage, like he's very involved with other people's matches and like improving all that stuff, which is why he's still around, even though he's not like uh, a commonly featured wrestler. Is that he does a lot of like uh, teaching work and like almost like a coach for like the the shows he's on, and making their other people's matches better. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I have. That's cool. That was like months ago. I saw that, so that's like an old that's old story, but. Yeah. Did you did you read that uh that article, Dylan? No, I read the headline. Come on. The only times I actually click on the article where it's is to actually read it is where the headline doesn't mention the name of the person that they're talking about. Where it's like top WWE superstar does this, and I'm like, all right, well, what the fuck is it? And I click on it just to see who it is, and then. Immediately, and you just scan the article and you don't even read I it. I scan it looking you just for just scan a, it for a name. Scan it for a name. I ain't got time to read all these fucking articles. Anybody got time for that? Um, we had a we had a honeymoon on NXT this week. Very very hilarious segment, and whoever is putting together these videos that have been the index saga deserves. The biggest pay raise WWE can give them. Yeah, I. Uh, this is some of the best like video package promo stuff to, to like comedy wise that WWE's done in years. Like I haven't found any of like, I haven't found a WWE comedy segment this good in a long time. And it's so it was so good that like normally I'm watching these in like my living room by myself or like my wife's in the room but doesn't really pay attention. Even that segment with Index, even she was paying attention and kind of uh, chuckling. Yeah, it was just, just it was just the entire thing was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. There is there is one one plot hole in the honeymoon segment that I wanted to point out though. When Johnny Gargano got let into the room by the maid, that's not realistic. Maids don't do that. that. Makes no sense. Maid, yeah, that makes no sense. They would never. They would, the, the maid would never let you in a stranger's room. That's bullshit. Call them bullshit on that specific moment. But that's it. Thanks, still. You're welcome. Um, Odyssey Jones has a match against LA Knight next week. I just wanted to point that out, and he's gonna kick his ass. That's gonna be good. I think that's gonna be real good. I hope so. 
That does ruin one of my draft spoilers, though. I thought LA Knight was moving up, and if he's got a match on Tuesday, I don't know how much uh, I feel strongly about that one. Really? He could just have a match on Tuesday and yeah. still be a part of the NXT roster. For I know. One, I'm, for just, I'm not nearly as sold. I'm just not nearly as sold, though. I still, I'm still leaning the way that I think LA Knight moves, but I'm just not nearly as 100% as I was. They've had people move up to the main roster and be on NXT for like weeks after before it's yeah to like close out storylines not for like one-off matches usually as though like they're involved in a storyline or they have a title they have to lose or something like that this one seems like they're building a storyline here more than they are i don't know oh you you mean like what they're gonna do with raquel gonzalez uh, Ooh. yeah Ooh. is that a spoiler or is that a are you writing that down pen to pe- pen to paper no i don't write things down I'm too one bad of you doesn't it. read and one of you doesn't write. This is quality. I'm, oh, I'm too bad at this. Well, what are you? What's your fucking special thing. talent? What do you not do? We've got talent on this show, except for you. I can't read. Joe can't write. What's your talent? I don't know. I don't buy high-end equipment, so my voice always sounds like shit on this podcast. All right. That tracks. At least y'all <laughs> sound good. I don't, I don't <laughs> sound good. One of you doesn't read. One doesn't write, and I don't sound good. I don't talk well, so. You don't speak good. There you go. See no evil, hear no evil. Speak no evil. <laughs> Chad's just over here like, I can't speak no good. <laughs> My family is from Alabama, so that, that would track. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, your family's from Alabama, so, like, they can't read, write, or speak. Because that would track. No, they can at least do one of the three, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> My parents are at least educated, so, I mean, they, they, went to, they went to college and stuff, so. My, it's my, it's I, mean, my I, I also I also went to college. I don't have a degree. My oh. parents have like four <laughs> degrees between the two of them. So well, my parents have like degrees from reputable universities. I wouldn't say that they're not educated. Alabama <laughs> is not a reputable university. Okay, first of all, Auburn, you piece of shit. Never ever say that offensive <laughs> shit to me again. Never mention the fucking Alabama Crimson Tide to me ever again like that. <laughs> well, that was the joke Rude. because I know you're an Auburn fan. Uh. Yeah, that was fucking rude. I take that very personally. But yeah, back to Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, she had her match with Frankie Monet. Uh, I thought they kind of did a disservice here on ladies night. Uh, this match started at 9.56 and got very little time. Uh, then never really got a chance to yeah, get like, going. Like less than 10 minute match. I, th- I thought that was underselling Frankie Monet's spot as the number one contender. Uh, yeah, I didn't think she was going to win, but I did think that she was going to, you know, have a strong enough contender match that she was going to be continuously maintained in like the main event scene. But I mean, nine minutes and then she gets kind of beaten pretty handily by Rocco Gonzalez means that maybe they're not. I mean, I, one of y'all said like two, three weeks ago that they thought Frank Monet was the next person up and then it happened. And then it was kind of just that was me in short. Yeah, that was that was me. that was genius me. I'm a fucking genius. I mean, she was the next one up, but it was just like underselled to like not being important. Nine minutes of a match and then immediately they give you another contender. Yeah, that's how you get predictions right. You don't delve into the details. You just say who's next up. You just you just make a just make one small prediction. Um, Yeah. And then after the match, uh, Toxic Attraction comes back out. Looks like uh, Mandy Rose going to be the next challenger for the NXT Women's Championship. I could see them giving it to Mandy Rose. I could totally see that. I mean, yeah, I could too. Not to mention Mandy Rose with the brown hair, you know. Yeah. So, 
All right. I'll wait for him to get back for Dynamite. That's the one thing I I still haven't watched Dynamite. I didn't get to it yesterday. You son of a bitch. Yeah, Yeah, I watched kids' movies with my family. So what? Dynamite is basically a kids' movie. Yeah, there's nothing on Dynamite I show my kids. They they're not interested. They're way more interested in watching Top Dollar and B-Fab on Raw. <laughs> they don't watch that either. We actually watched uh, Fantasia 2000, which was not very good. That's like the worst of the Fantasias. Yeah. I mean, there's, I was, there's no good Fantasia, by the way. So don't sit there yeah, and I, like I, there's a good Fantasia. Yeah, well, I, I there's was like, actually there's like 2000 of them to pick from. Yeah, I was never a yeah. big fan of the, That's not how it works. the original Fantasia either. Yeah, I know we want so me and my family are watching all of the uh all of the Disney classics in order, which is why I recently watched Fox and the Hound, which is not Hell very yeah. good. Fox um, and the Hound is dope. And then we're all the way to Fantasia 2000, and uh it was my kids were like staring at the screen. I was like, How are y'all so interested in this garbage? Because it's a children's movie. It's not really though, it's like just orchestral music and some weird animation that's trippy as fuck it's not good yeah um so yeah i guess we can get into to uh dynamite if you don't mind chad i don't want to spoil anything for you i'm reading up on it we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it since he didn't watch it yet um we started dynamite with i think three of the best entrances that they have in Dynamite. I think the only other one that you could throw in there is Jericho's. Uh, CM Punk entered and and did more commentary on the entire night. Uh, and then Adam Cole and Jungle Boy's entrance. I mean... You know it's all about that boom. Yeah, dude, they finally nailed the boom part of the entrance. Yeah. Uh, where he does the whole boom thing when yeah. he gets up on the, on the ring. They had not, they had very much not nailed that the first like I don't know five or six times that he entered, uh, but they've got it now, and it made me very excited. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're ever going to to beat the timing that he had on on the undisputed era boom, like that was just so perfect every time. And then he got his new entrance music when he became a single star in in NXT, and, and I don't think he ever, ever nailed worked. that. No, yeah. yeah, it never worked. There was like a long pause, where like or a couple downbeats, and he was just standing there like like this, and then finally it hit, and he he threw his thumb out. You know. Yeah. Everyone on the podcast really knows we talk about when you talk. Yeah, about and it. I I was thinking like about that. that. That's that's why I stopped talking like middle of the way through, and I was like, I'm just gonna finish my thought. <laughs> All right. Um. But yeah, Adam Cole faced Jungle Boy this week on Dynamite, which was uh, the the one opponent that Adam Cole kept talking about in interviews about like who's the one who's one of like some of the people you've wanted to face on the AEW roster, and Jungle Boy's name kept coming up, and they had a fucking hell of a match. Chad, highly recommend watching it. Well, I'm gonna watch it like probably today. I'm just I haven't had a chance yet. I mean, it's Friday. I feel like you've had plenty of chance to watch it. Hey, I told you I was busy on Thursday. You watched Fantasia 2000. My kids wanted to watch it. No excuses. Um, I will catch up. Chill. All right. 
the other thing we have to talk about because it's become a fucking internet sensation is uh, the the Arn Anderson and Cody stuff. So I'll talk about the internet sensation portion, and then we can actually talk about the actually like the meat and potatoes of the promo. Uh, Arn Anderson, where uh, he basically kind of ditches Cody Rhodes and is done with him and says he doesn't want to coach a loser. Um, he basically calls Cody a bitch and is like, I guess I forget the exact example he brought up. He was like, if a, he's like, if, if a, if a cop pulled you over or something like that and said you were doing something wrong, he said that Cody would just be like, uh-huh. Yes, sir. And, and do whatever he asked him to do. And Arn Anderson is like, if it was me, I would pull out my Glock, <laughs> pull the trigger and splatter his brains on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, Arn Anderson? And uh, that's just now become so many memes online, which are hilarious. Arn Anderson just going all out. That was just wow. Yeah. I, uh, my wife said that uh, she reported Rose to top or whatever. And I then also, I read an article like the same day that said that in the first episode, he acknowledges that he's like not over with fans anymore. Like apparently that's in the first episode mm. that he acknowledges like the, the fans hate him now. So that's exciting. I recorded it and watched it already. I didn't catch that. Okay. I was, I was just making sure. I didn't think that Arn Anderson said he was going to shoot a cop. He said a man jerks your door open and says out of the car, I'm taking your car. It was a, it was a car, a carjack situation, not a oh, Grand Theft Auto, not Grand Theft yeah. Auto, not Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I wasn't like saying it in that sort of sense. I was, I couldn't remember what the reference was. Thank you for clearing that up. But yeah, I, I I did not remember it being like it being that that graphic. But <laughs> he did say like I'll pull out my Glock, point it to his head, and splatter his brains on the ground. Yeah, it was a it was a carjacking situation. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Spills just... brains all over the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe he said that shit. It was I just saw fucking a tweet hilarious. That, I just saw a tweet that said the boogeyman is scared to say Arn Anderson five times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a sixteen-man tag team match. I just wanted to point out that if the you know I hope Teddy Long was watching because he probably creamed his pants for it. <laughs> player we're having a 16 man tag player, team match player we're gonna have this person and this person and this person and this person all on one team versus this person and this person and this person offer all in the main event of friday night smackdown in a and tag down team. with that player we're talking about AEW. yeah yeah but it's a teddy long thing okay joe <laughs> Just get with the fucking program, man. I didn't even watch the show. And I realized that's a Teddy Long like style match. All right, uh, I want to talk about the main event real quick before we talk about the the last thing I want to talk about because you guys probably, well, at least Joe probably knows the last thing I want to talk about. If the main event is not the last thing, at a TNT Championship match, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> are you fucking serious? You Sammy cough. Guevara versus who? Miro. Oh, <laughs> stop. Stop. You fucking black lung motherfucker. 
What would you give the uh, the rating of this match? I haven't watched it yet, but I do know who won because my Facebook ruined it like Thursday morning. Very what, good. What would you say? You're I would, very good. I would, I would How rate many stars? It, I would rate it very good. I don't do that. I don't do stars. We don't do stars on this podcast. That's for nerds. We do beers. Uh, we drink beers well, on this podcast. The guy who normally does star, I don't really listen to. So if you gave me a star rating, I would pay attention. Oh, okay. Star rating is not uh, anything to me. Ten. I'm oh, saying God. I value your opinion out, and not out of his. five. No, no, no. Five, I, was, I was fucking with him. I wanted to see what he thought when I said 10. And then I was going to say it's on a scale of 20. I don't know. Um, I don't think it was a two point. I think it was a four, maybe 3.75. Yeah. It was a TV match for sure. That's pretty good for a, that's pretty good for a TV main event though. I'll yeah. watch it. I would agree 3.75 or four. Very good. Very I'm good happy match. with two one. Yeah. Uh, did anyone, did I, either of you see what happened after AEW went off the air online? Like, Sammy Guevara has a TNT championship match next week. No. Already. Did you see who it's up, up against? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Oni, no, not Oni Lurkin. It's Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish? Yeah. yeah. Bobby Fish. Shut the fuck up. Yep. It's they announced. Oh, I saw it. So he signed with somebody. He, that must be like an appearance because he he signed with somebody else. I saw it on the internet like two weeks ago. The article I he read. He's not signing with AEW. The article I read said it was probably not a one-off thing. Well, you know what's not going to be I saw off. that he signed with somebody recently. Damn it. Cut me off. A Major League Wrestling. He signed with Major League Wrestling. He's okay, a yeah. full-timer for Major League Wrestling. I mean, that's the majors. Which means, so. I mean, no, it's like garbage indies but you know whoa dude other people on major league wrestling have made appearances with uh aw though so that's a i mean there's another yet another door we're breaking down i guess is that like major league wrestling stars are going to make like big time yeah. appearances on me well, you know pretty- you know who used to be on major league wrestling our boy leo rush hell so yeah joe <laughs> that's the fucking segue we needed leo rush our boy is all elite. I'm yes. so fucking excited. <laughs> That's our it's, fucking boy. We never thought we'd talk about him again. Man of the hour. And now we get to talk about him every week now that he's on AEW. I am excited. Very, very excited. Yeah. It's uh it's a day I I never thought I'd see coming. Yeah. I he retired and like twice. <laughs> yeah, like I don't at least twice. And Thought we'd never see him again. Thought we'd never talk about him again. And then we talked about him again. Uh, and now he's all elite. Yeah. The funny yeah. part is that he never really went away. He Like, as soon as he, like, fake retired from AEW, he went straight to New Japan Strong. And he was on New Japan's, like, American show this whole time. Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Do you even listen to the show when he you're not on, on it? I am one of your normal three listeners, okay? So don't. I am normally one of the three, so don't come at me like that. Are we the three listeners? <laughs> God. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> We're not, right? CJ listens. I know CJ listens. Yeah, CJ oh, listens. Sh- okay. There's some other people. You got to that number four. Office. We're at least... No, we're still at three. We're just going to say three. It's always going to be three. We could have a million listeners, and we're, it's going to be three. Joe, does, Joe doesn't actually listen. I That's true. Joe, Joe never actually listens. He's just... I'm, I'm on last week's episode right now. I'm about halfway through. Is it weird that we listen to it? I think it's a quality assurance thing. 
is it weird that I that I do it, listen to it while editing, and then listen to it again? Yeah, that's a little weird. I think it's weird. Yeah, that's I'm kind a, of an infatuation with yourself. You I'm must gonna, like the sound of your own voice. I hate the sound of my voice. Also, yeah, I'm little, I'm just gonna cut this whole part. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Absolutely, you will not do that. Well, I guess uh, you guys will have to find out when you listen to this week's episode. <laughs> I was already going to do that. So uh, that wraps up AEW. And I think it's time to talk draft officially. Yeah, we kind of didn't. We kind of skipped over Rampage from last week, which I know we normally do, but it was a two hour show. But oh, fuck. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Uh, I'll just read out some matches from it. Uh, you, you can make comments if you want. I think there is something to talk about. Uh, we had CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs in CM Punk's first match back on TV. CM Punk was good. It was a good match. Yeah, it was. Uh, CM Punk won. This is exactly what I thought it would be. Like yeah. I told Dylan before that match, I was like, "It's Powerhouse Hobbs going to throw around CM Punk for a while, and then eventually CM Punk's going to like turn it, and then he's going to hit it, go to sleep, and it'll be over." And that's pretty much what it was. Like CM Punk got like a minute or two of offense in, and then it was Powerhouse Hobbs just throwing CM Punk around for a while, which is what CM Punk needs right now because he can't lead a match by himself right now with like the ring rust. And I think Powerhouse Hobbs did a really good job like owning the match for a period of time and then selling the move to the end to like go under. Yeah, and that's also exactly how I thought the match would go too because I'm a genius. So yeah, he did agree with me when I told him that's what would happen. This is true. Uh, then we had Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian. Also big, very, also good match. Yeah, big so call. So freaking good. Those, big call those for Super Click t-shirts, dude. I will not be buying one, but I, yeah. I, I guess they're... Those cool. were my favorite I've seen in a while. Those were cool as shows, like two like actual like deer-looking bucks like kissing the, the side of a skull face. It was, it was legit. Yeah, I'm just not into like buying a bunch of black shirts. You should see know. my closet. My closet is just a bunch of it's like fifty black wrestling t-shirts. Yeah. So so after that, there's a big call for a, a trios title, which I I think we'll see sooner rather than later. I would be. There's enough or, people to warrant that. There's yeah. there's enough trios on that show to warrant a trios title. Yeah, they have so many tags, so many tag teams and trios teams that you could make that work. And make it work very well. So yeah, I, I would be more than they have a depth of stables, that. you know. Yeah, it's yeah. the amount of stables they have that really warrants a trios title. Like that's why it works on those shows. It's the same that's thing. Right. It works on like Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has a trios tag team because like everyone in Ring of Honor is in a stable, so they just have stable versus stable trios matches and change the title around, and it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then we got Young. Oh wait, no, I already said that. That's how we got to that discussion. Uh, we had the men of the year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. And I think this is the one that, that really deserves some conversation because, wow. I was yeah. worried that uh, men of the year were going to lose this match and they were just going to like put those guys under real hard because I think that it doesn't make any sense for them to lose because I thought there were multiple parts where they're, they were going to lose. And then when they eventually won, I was like, that's a right call. But I think yeah. pushing men of the year right now is a, is a – they are a good heel group, and I love Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. 
Yeah, they're they're a team that needs to get built up right now. And having Dan Lambert as the mouthpiece that everyone loves to fucking hate super hard is just great for them right now. Yeah. Um, Not to mention that beatdown after the ring. I thought that was a good sell. Yeah, yeah. Masvidal's knee is still imprinted in Jericho's face, according to Dan Lambert. They cut him open immediately. It like there was a there was a cut immediately. Looked yeah, I have uh, Paige Van Zandt, though. So, yeah. so <laughs> I have nothing really to say about HFO and Lucha Bros, Santana and Ortiz. Nope. That was a that was a crowd pleaser. I, I think, forgot for, that happened for the New York crowd, being that Santana and Ortiz were there. It wasn't very long either. No, it was not a very long match. It was like you put eight people in there, and it was only like a seven or eight minute long match. Yeah. And then you got Anna Jay and Penelope Ford. Sup. Um, Which one are you saying sup to? Both. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main event, uh, Suzuki Gun versus John Moxley and Eddie S- Kingston. Suzuki Goon. Yep. Uh, sorry. That was sorry. a good match. I got Arn Anderson on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I thought there were some really good hardcore spots in, in that match. I thought they did some cool stuff. Yeah, I also like how they do like the whole lights out thing. And like Justin, like Justin Roberts sits there and explains like once the lights go out and come back on, AEW will not be responsible for anything that happens during this match. I, I just like the presentation. I would say it. it did not live up to that. I would not say there was anything in that like warranted that, you know, like this was not like a oh my god match like there was no moment where i was like oh my god i hope they don't take credit for that he threw him on a chair yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it was a good match it's also a tv match so yeah and they had that they had that fun little moment right at the beginning of the match where uh suzuki and moxley were on the ramp and they were hitting e- they were hitting each other's chairs with the chair until i think suzuki finally got the better of mox and hit him with the chair a couple times you know there's the classic set up a couple chairs and and drive them into that um, or choke slam into them in that, I guess, and then obviously other weapon use and stuff like that. Probably wouldn't be a fun match to uh, drink to if we were doing beer ratings on it, because there were a lot of weapon. There's a lot of weapon use, and then there was a lot of chest chops. Yeah, it's a fun. Oh, actually, yeah, definitely not a fun match to drink to. Yeah, I was about to say it would be a fun match to drink to, like once, like while sober, and it will get you drunk by itself. But yeah, I forgot about the shotgun chops. That shit. Yeah, just... we, we had Eddie Kingston and Suzuki in there. So the shotgun chops, I need to figure out a new rule for this bullshit because the shotgun chops, if we're going to keep doing shotgun chops, I'm not drinking fucking 30 sips in 10 seconds. I just can't. I can't do it. Limit it like to one beer. So they start doing shotgun chops, you're, you're maxed out of like a beer. You got to like put a cap on that rule. Yeah. But at the same time, like, no cap, though. That's true. Uh, Joe reminded me of this comment. I kept telling my wife this during the pay-per-view, but that ramp was like a, a glass or like a screen, and people kept slipping on it the whole time. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, they were wrestling out there, and because they're wearing those wrestling shoes, they would, like, slide, and it was, like, scary because at one point someone picked someone up or something. They slid a little bit, and I was so sure someone's going to break freaking neck. They got to they gotta put some different material down on that ramp that they're going to use that routinely. That thing was scary. 
yeah, I mean, thankfully that didn't happen. And hopefully they do something with it in the future. Uh, and that was uh, Dynamite Talk out of order. That was Rampage. Damn it. I did, I did call that Dynamite, didn't I? That was Rampage <laughs> Talk out of order. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it. First time. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into the draft. Close out the show. So I guess uh, we'll just bring up like some of the major superstars, what we think is going to happen with them. And then people will get to make fun of us and how wrong we were when the show comes out after the draft is already halfway done. So the first question that I'll pose is, do we see any champions, current champions changing brands? I could definitely see the U S title and the intercontinental title changing title or changing brands. It happens almost every year. I feel. That's the one I would put money on too. I think Damian Priest going to the other show and then quickly losing it is something I put a lot of money on now because he's not worthy of that title, but I think they've exhausted some, some competitors and then they're going to build someone up by having beat Damian Priest. And then Damian Priest is eventually within the next six months going to be in the main event. Sure. Okay. Yeah. WWE is so over on Damian Priest right now. They're having to beat all these people. I think they're easily going to move them up. I don't think that they're going to do the same stupid thing they did last year where they they drafted the Raw Tag Team Champs to SmackDown and the SmackDown Tag Team Champs to Raw and just have them swap titles. I really don't think that's going to happen. I would hope not yeah. because that was fucking stupid. And the bloodline and Roman Reigns. So, Yeah, I mean, I we could all just say right now like the bloodline and the new day probably safe yeah i would agree with that but that's also why i said i think that the the bobby lashley trio is the is the one that's going to move and i think you're going to see instead of like a new day versus bloodline thing which we already kind of hinted at i think you're going to see like a hurt business bloodline thing when bobby and the, the hurt business moved to smackdown been a lot of people also uh asking for a war games match on wwe between the three teams I'd with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it doesn't make any sense to me that all three teams would be in survivor series, which is what I've, I've seen a call for. Um, yeah. I don't know what, like, just like, where does the hurt business fit into that? Like they don't hold any championships. Yeah. So I, I don't see it actually working out, but I can't wait for the hurt um, business versus Uso's tag team match. That could happen though. That'd be legit. Holy fuck. That'd be yeah. so good. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander versus the Usos. Oh, mm -hmm. So I have a uh, back to the original question about champions moving. I have a, I guess, comical take, and I I could legitimately see WWE doing this. I could see Rhea Ripley getting drafted to one brand and Nikki Ash getting drafted to the other brand, but them obviously still being able to be the tag team champions because they go between brands. I forgot that championship existed because we don't, like, don't talk about it. Until no, we, we do. Play. We do talk about that. There's there's a different one now we don't talk about. Yeah, that champion's not moving. And if, um, if they do, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm actually – so I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to do it and just be like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're they're on different brands now. How will they, how will they ever coexist and whatnot? I don't I – don't, they'll say some dumb shit, and it'll just be like they'll just show up on the – same brand together all the time it's stupid so, so who do you think is going to smackdown who do you think is going to raw um ria's Ooh, <sighs> ria and becky i would say nikki goes to smackdown because she's like a face and they got too many heels over there on smackdown 
Yeah, I was literally about to say Rhea SmackDown, but I think it's just. Yeah, but a Rhea, a Rhea, a Rhea Becky feud would be too good to pass up. Yeah, that'd be so good. That'd be way better than a Nikki versus Becky match. That'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, well, I, I like that. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll say I'll say Nikki SmackDown. Rhea stays on Raw. Nah, I'm I'm not going with that. I'm I'm, I'm going to put money that they both get drafted as a tag team to SmackDown. I'm pretty invested in the whole Rhea Ripley Becky feud now. All right. Um, NXT call. I, I put money they both swap to work SmackDown. NXT call ups. Well, we already know Chad's. Yeah, I think LA Knight goes. I think LA Knight's like a like a he's a guy who's got a ton of indie uh, wrestling experience that went into Impact and then he was built when he was on Impact. He was a main eventer as he like Drake, I think was his name, but he he was in main events all the time yeah. on Impact. Uh, so I think he has so much experience and then he walked into, to NXT and was immediately a main event slash like pay-per-view star. Like he only was like two matches deep when he was in the, on the pay-per-views on takeover. He's got the experience. He's got the in-ring capability. He's smooth in the ring. I, I think he's just one of those guys that doesn't spend a lot of time in NXT. I, I think he's got everything he can do to be a guy who's like a main, a mid Carter and a good heel mid Carter on like a smack on a roll. So just to be clear, you think LA Knight is being drafted where? I think I think we just say that they're raw. Gonna be called up. Wow. So you're I would saying put money on Raw. LA Knight, B Fab, and Top Dollar all on Raw. No, I'm not <laughs> I'm not talking about hit row right now. <laughs> I'm saying LA Knight will be drafted to WWE Raw. Well because I think he'll be a mid carter against like a face Shinsuke or something like that. I think that'd be a good ass fucking match. Ass fucking ass fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that that stipulation. <laughs> Hold on, player. We're gonna have ourselves an ass fucking match. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. God damn it! <laughs> and you're gonna be going one on one in an ass fucking match with the Undertaker. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Oh, I miss Teddy Long. <laughs> God damn it. Um, you know how routinely they just bring back like a like a Legends guy for like one backstage segment? I get way more excited for Ron Simmons and Teddy Long than pretty much anyone else. Like those are the two that every time they show up, I get excited for. Just like, yeah. you know, a moment of like, damn. Damn. And like Teddy Long, like Playa. Like yeah. those, those always get me going. Yeah. Yeah. T- Teddy Long did book an Undertaker match most recently. Oh, he- yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, Joe, just so you know, Ron Simmons, that's for root. Yeah, same person. Two O's. Two O's. Yep. Two A's. Q. Two O's, two A's, and a Q. Yep. Farouk. Just wanted to make sure that you remembered that. I remember. Uh any other NXT call-ups? Hit hit row? Hit row getting called up? No. I no. think <laughs> I think a bunch of people could be called up, honestly. There's there's so many older stars that, again, like with what Chad was saying last week, yeah, they could get one more title opportunity in NXT before they they move away from NXT. But there's there's so many. There's there's Oni Lorcan and and Danny Birch could couldn't could like well, they almost kind of it seemed like they broke them up this week. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, see, I mean Oni Lorcan had a singles Oni, match. Oni Lorcan had a singles Oni match. Oni Lorcan's but... had single matches all the time. Like Danny Birch wasn't there for so long that Oni Lorcan kind of did do single matches. That's because, yeah, I mean, that's because he was hurt. But now he's back, and he, Oni Lorcan still did a singles match. Yeah, I mean, I could. I, I think Oni see... Lorcan and Danny Birch will be on the cut block soon. I don't think they're getting drafted. I think if there's any tag team that's getting called up, I think it's GYV. That's what I would say too. I think they have the experience, but they are in that triple threat like discussion right now. And, with, and uh, you MSK. have the then you have the match, and then you're still on the main roster. That's yeah, your send off. Yeah, I think I think a big pop for the draft would be if they if they drafted someone that you wouldn't expect because we all watch NXT. But none of us really watch NXT UK. But we there are names we know in NXT UK. Yeah, Walter. So, so Walter. I mean, if they if they drafted someone like Tyler Bate, like Tyler, I, Tyler Bate, I think that would be a huge pop. And again, I don't watch NXT UK, so I don't know if he's currently involved in any storylines or anything like that. But I think you would get a a huge fucking pop for something like that. But I I don't think any NXT UK people get called up. I mean that's fair. I the way that they seem to be Walter's doing, the only one I put money in. Yeah, that that would be that would be really cool. But I, I think the what NXT UK is right now is pretty much a seed for who they're gonna bring over to regular NXT. And then if they get called up from there, they get called up from there. Like Rhea Ripley for like example. the one person that stands out that's not like that is Piper Niven becoming Dewdrop. Like she's the only one I can think of that went straight from NXT UK to WWE. Everyone else went from NXT UK to NXT to WWE. So yeah, but Walter's already made appearances. I could see Walter easily because Walter's made a lot of appearances with NXT, and he's also made appearances like in that Survivor Series match last year. So or two years ago, Raven. Yep, Raven remembers that. She really liked that. Well, I didn't like that Walter got squashed in that match by Seth Rollins, but you know. Oh, well, Raven did. So yeah, Yeah, so. I don't know. I can see Walter. Again, like the name that sticks out to me is is Tyler Bate. Like, I don't know what they're doing with him, but I think he has the Heritage Cup right now. I don't think I think he's got a title. Like the Heritage Cup is treated like a mid-card title over there, which okay. is just really like a, a giant cup, but he has the Heritage Cup right now. Okay. Um, but then again, we already said like ch- titles don't really matter too much in this whole thing. Like they've drafted the NXT champion before, so yeah, but they've never drafted a mid card title. Yeah, I did totally. say that. Yep, and I, I'm sticking to that. Did you see the the news that Cameron Grimes is not considered by WWE to be a main like a a main uh, roster person, and that the internet yeah. all thought Cameron Grimes was moving, and that they said that they do not see Cameron Grimes like a top tier talent i did hmm. see that headline when I you said we're gonna do some draft stuff cameron grimes was on my list and then i took him off i forgot about that hmm. i didn't see that i mean he's trained by the hardies i mean come on yeah trevor lee as he's formerly known as all right um main roster tag teams we've already uh, i mean you've already mentioned the hurt business styles as a group. and Omos could be broken up I, I would that. say that's my – if I was going to pick one that would get broken up, I could see them picking that one because it's not like a set tag team. It'll be the end of Omos if they do, though. It will 100% be the end of Omos. 
Yeah. I honestly don't know another, I guess. Yeah. That'd be my, the one that I have the most faith in happening because like, I look at the list that I have here of like, basically all of the, basically the seven teams or eight teams that WWE has for their tag team division on both brands. And yeah, it's, that's pretty much the only one that, and then, I mean, they could just go for the, the huge push for Omos. I don't think he's ready. Oh, he's definitely not. Definitely. He's definitely not that good a wrestler. He's too raw. Oh, whoa. dude! Omos stays on raw. AJ Styles goes to SmackDown, feuds with Roman Reigns. Interesting. Wow. That's an interesting take, Chad. You're welcome. Any any you tag teams? Any tag teams were thinking that just change brands, stay together? Uh, I think the Viking Raiders are my probably probably lock. If I if I was gonna like bet on one, I would probably pick the Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders and Hurt Business swap, or sorry, not Hurt Business. Uh, Street Profits. Street Profits swap or something like that possibly like street profits just were unsuccessful in their uh their title i could see one of like the uh one of like the pulled together team swapping like a alberto carrillo andre garza swap or like a um monsoor ali or the dirty dogs one of those teams there's like two people thrown together i definitely think one of those swaps but here's my tag team that i think is your most likely to move would be the mysterios Ooh, I can also see them. that to Raw and then have them break up on Raw. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going to break up. I think just Dominic's just waiting for that heel turn. And then what if you throw Dominic in like a, if we're saying Shinsuke moves, maybe Dominic's like a, a mid card opponent heel kind of thing. Yeah. I would be, I would, I would be interested in that. I also wouldn't mind if at the end of that, Dominic went to NXT and honed his skills. Oh yeah, I think that's a good. That's gonna be that'd be good. Joe, yeah, that might be the best thing you said all day. I don't, yeah. They don't drop people very often, but I think Dominic <laughs> could definitely use it. Yeah, I mean, they just did it with Mandy Rose, and she's probably going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. I think that was a really good move, though, because not like I don't think Mandy Rose is like top roster but i think it evened out the roster a little bit because i think they're going to pull up some nxt females yeah Ooh. yeah we didn't even talk about the the women of nxt i guess let's just talk about the women in whole or as a whole i mean for nxt i mean i feel like your top two contenders is dakota kai Io shirai i think dakota kai is definitely i think she's moving i also think raquel gonzalez has a chance to be drafted. whoa yeah, you put the, you move Raquel Gonzalez like with the title, and then she defends it re- very soon against Mandy Rose, and then Fatal Attraction gets involved, and she loses to Mandy, and then you sell you immediately can book Raquel Gonzalez as a main event star on one of the two brands, like maybe on like a like imagine like a Charlotte versus Raquel Gonzalez match. Yeah, it would be fun to watch. <laughs> uh, what about the main roster women? I think you're gonna see a lot of swaps from like the, the the lower tier. I think you're gonna see a lot of like Naomi's and a lot of Natalia's moving around back and forth. Maybe a Carmella or Liv Morgan makes a lot of sense. Maybe moving her over to Raw and then have like a Liv Morgan versus Charlotte feud. That I think would people would get over for that. 
Yeah, that would make a lot of sense because the whole like the whole storyline they did a couple of years ago where Liv Morgan went away for a couple months and then they teased her her changed character before she came back. It would make a lot of sense for Liv Morgan to challenge Charlotte. I think she could be the one who pulls it off Charlotte too. That would make that would work. Yeah, I like those. Um, I think two other ones that I could see changing uh, Carmella, which was mentioned, uh, and Shayna Baszler. I hope not on Shayna Baszler. Uh, unless they're going to go for the Shayna Baszler-Becky match we've been asking and praying for for like two years. I, I think that would be, I'd like it. I think that would be the reason. Like once this whole Bianca and Sasha stuff bowls over. Uh, but They've I don't... got history. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Bianca or Sasha moving. Like any of the big names. Alexa, Maybe Bianca. I would say Sasha. Bianca still got, got a feud with, with Sasha and Becky. Yeah, I think it's I think that's a no brainer. And then if you're not going to move those three, then you probably don't move your top women on Raw. So like your Charlotte, your I mean, they've already basically said they're they've written Alexa off for a few months. And then, yeah, well, I would be surprised if Alexa's not even drafted, you know, like we just forget about her. Yeah, existence. like Alexa is probably not going to get drafted. Oscar's probably not going to get drafted unless she's oh, fuck. unless she's all unless she's back from injury. Uh, like Bailey's <laughs> Bailey's out hurt right now, probably not going to get drafted. Stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if the Oscar or the Bailey one gets drafted just to be their return. Like that might be their return as their draft, and then they immediately come out and be like, "I don't know how their injuries are going, though. I don't know well, if that's even possible." Bailey Bailey tore her ACL, so she's out for a hot minute. Yeah, okay. she was. Yeah, she was expected sense. to be nine months. Yeah, she's I think that's when she comes back. I think Oscar is. Though. I think Asuka is close, though, so that could be. That They've done that be before, where, like, the draft's the big pop back. Like, they, they come back, and that's the return is the big pop when they draft for another show. And I think Asuka versus Becky makes a lot of sense, maybe down the road. That makes sense, yeah. I, I liked what you said about Shayna Baszler, because, it, I mean, they, they had a WrestleMania match, didn't they, Becky and, and Shayna? After yeah, it was really subpar. Chamber. It was WrestleMania yeah. 36. It yeah. was super subpar. It was only like an eight oh, to ten minute long paper made of view. I mean, uh, pay per view match. That was the silent WrestleMania. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think so it was the second match on the card too. It, but don't remember anything about it. It was like the worst spot on the card too. It was like match number two of that night, and it was just like super underwhelming. Yeah, just not. Mm-hmm. Not great stuff. All right, let's uh let's close out draft talk, uh the men's division. So I think there's some I think there's some people that are safe, like for sure. Like I think Lesnar's safe. I don't think he's moving. I like I think there's a zero percent chance he goes to Raw. I don't think I don't think Edge is moving, and then because Edge is not moving, I don't think Rollins moves. Which kind of which kind of sucks because. That's like your major players on SmackDown, like a bunch of your main eventers that are not moving over to Raw to help give them what Raw needs, which is more upper mid card to main event talent. So here's, here, here's my I think hot take. Raw has people they can elevate, though. Yeah. Here's my hot take on Raw. Raw right? has a lot of Keith Lee's and Matt Riddles and people. So, so I, I think since NXT is moving more to an entirely developmental brand, that. Raw can be what NXT was if they just let it happen. Like awesome wrestling every week. Awesome wrestling, 
you know, those guys that, that they don't, they don't want on SmackDown because they're not the established superstars, but you know, give them a chance to, to show, to show themselves every week. And then SmackDown be the, the, the quote unquote call up that, that used to be NXT to the main roster. So you want, you're basically saying that SmackDown, a show, raw B show, NXT C show. And it works and it works in like tiers like that. Like you get called up from raw to SmackDown. I don't think that they'll actually call it being called up, but I think, I think that if they ran raw, like they ran NXT, then raw would, would have a huge boost in the ratings. I think that's something that if you're going to do that, you'd have to like establish that sort of booking over the next year and then do the whole like uneven rosters the following year. I think if they did super uneven rosters coming out of this, nobody's watching Raw. Unless it's all the people that people love that never got a push. Like what if Raw is just a bunch of Keith Lee's? You know, like what if Raw is just full of people that like the fans love that are that mid card, like Keith Lee style person. And then they they make the main event of raw those people. And then they sell them as like Keith Lee versus big E is a great match and that works. And then you move Keith Lee over eventually. And then maybe like Keith Lee Roman Reigns works, you know, because you've sold him. What on if raw. you just gave triple H and Shawn Michaels and road dog creative control of raw, like they had of NXT because before NXT Vince McMahon is still alive. Yeah, I know. And you have people like Bruce. Bruce. I'm actually kind of worried that Vince McMahon is going to outlive triple h at this point and that's terrible i hope not yeah i hope not too that would suck but did you, did you see the story this week that uh shane mcmahon's no longer with wwe anymore again i read this one yesterday that shane mcmahon is no longer like featured on any of the company's like uh documentation and there's concerns that shane mcmahon's like done and gone and out and stephanie is like the one that's going to inherit it all and be like the only mcmahon left when vince backs out interesting which is fine because I'm sure she would get influence from Triple H. So, yeah, I'm sure the quality would only go up from there. All right. Well, Shane McMahon has ideas like Raw Underground. So, can't talk about Raw Underground either. There. That's the same place 24 7. Got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> some other people. So, like, I mean, your other like upper mid carters to main eventers like Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Keith Lee, Kevin Owens. Um, happy Corbin happy Corbin like what's what do we think is going on with these guys like I feel like that's where you're going to see the most changeover is that carrying cross carrying cross probably yeah they they want him to be a big time star so I think he's definitely gonna I hope I actually I actually do hope he goes to Smackdown yeah Scarlett gets drafted with him too oh my god please that would be neat. I agree with you, though. I think the bulk of the swap is going to be in that mid-card, that upper mid-card main event, you know, contenders, not winners group. You know, people like the Keith Lees and the Drew McIntyres and people on that scale are where you're going to see the bulk swap, which would be great because then you keep your champions there, but then they get new people to face them. Like, I, I can't wait for, like, the new group of, like, uh, I don't know, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns would be great for a pay-per-view or two. Like, oh my God, that was good the first time. Big E, like versus, Lee, Big e. Big e versus Kevin Owens. Well, Keith Lee's already on Raw. Or like Happy Corbin and like his heel-ish gimmick 
versus like a biggie that'd be cool we like any of the people we just listened swapped would be great we literally just saw happy corbin versus biggie well i guess that was baron corbin yeah it was good that. the first time i liked it yeah that was and they had good chemistry there. i thought they it was do. good chemistry yeah they do yeah i i think it's just if when they when they do the draft tonight and monday as long as what we what we see on there and it, it makes it seem like it everything makes sense and whatever the feuds that they start afterwards like seem to make sense and we get a bunch of fresh matchups and we don't get have to see like cuz like last year after the draft we continued Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins which yeah like didn't want to see didn't care anymore and then we got the eye for an eye match so I threw it in the back of my throat. As long as shit like that doesn't happen this year, I think I'll be happy with what I see. Yep. Anything fresh. That's all I want. Fresh. Well, that was uh talking draft. And that's going to close us out for this week. Uh, next week, big, big news. Or I guess big pay-per-view that we're going to be talking about. We have retro beer ratings next week. Uh, stop me if you've watched this one before. King of the Ring, nineteen ninety-eight. I don't think anyone's watched that before. Mm, I don't know how many people have watched the entire pay-per-view before, but I know a lot of people that have watched one certain match. We're talking Mankind, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, baby. I am so pumped. Uh, I think this one is a hundred percent going to be in the top ten of beer ratings matches, uh, possibly top five. I think I have watched that entire pay-per-view. I'm so excited. I might just watch it right after this. But yeah, get excited for that. We're going to be talking all about um, King of the Ring 1998 and having a bunch of draft recap and uh, where we were wrong from from what we just talked about. As always, follow us on Twitter at DDT Pod. We have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan, Joe, and Chad. We will catch you on down the road.